I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And back again after a week off, my Senior Editor, Jude Seymour, and as always, our Chief Inspector, Brenda Becca-Linden. Uh, happy, happy endings, anniversary day. You brought a different energy at the start of this one. I thought you were going somewhere. I was good. Listen, I was, I have been plotting the last several weeks to th- start throwing out some accents to start off with. And I, I mean, I have to admit it. I got scared. I backed off. Is that because you're preparing for our big, uh, a big summer project of the uh, OFD Summer Dungeons and Dragons uh, actual play podcast? <laughs> I, you know, it, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I, I need some more, I need some more, uh, vocal, I need, I need a little bit more work. I'm getting there. I talk to myself a lot, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people, that doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, so <laughs> me just uh, walking around town, walking my little wiener dog while, uh, just talking to myself in different accents shouldn't surprise anybody. You just got to lock in more to those, um, uh, historical uh historical set soft core porns that they put on uh the premium cable channels <laughs> every one every single every single historical drama since rome and you were the one that pointed that out i thought it was either you or greg yeah since rome yeah it's been porn has been soft core porn and i can't disagree with that like if vikings wasn't on history channel it would have got way more nutty like there's more sex in Vikings than Last Kingdom, and Last Kingdom is a is a Netflix show. Yeah. So if if Vikings would have been a Netflix show, holy smokes! And do you, I mean, do you I have watched, a favorite uh, uh, soft core uh, historical television program? <laughs> um, I watched a couple episodes of Outlander. <laughs> trying yep. to think here. <laughs> I'm sure that qualifies. Oh, it um, certainly does. They all do. Yeah. Every yeah. single one since Rome. They're ab- well, not absolutely Spartacus, Black Sails. They all, they all. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've watched a lot of HBO series, but Rome is just one that uh, I guess missed me. And I know that Josh uh, feels strongly about this, but uh, I don't. I, I, 
you know, Jude, I do think that it's a show that it would, it's in your wheelhouse. Like, well, it's I'll about, it's, it's about the intrigue. It's the better telling, it's a better telling of Julius Caesar than, than most others have tried to do. It really is. So here's the thing. It's more fun. If I'm going to, if I'm going to watch Rome, first of all, I'm going to have to give it to my wife to watch it. Cause I really don't watch anything without her. Let, let's be honest. And the second thing is yeah. I'm going to have to go to my friend on the the dark web because there, there's a Rome that's going to be streaming anywhere that I, that I get access to because H- um, HBO, you know, or HBO max. He, well, I had a buddy who was paying for HBO and he hooked me up with his password and we used that for years and years. And then he, texted me one time and he's like, yeah, we're cutting back on some family expenses. And I was like, yeah, I completely understand. Cause you know, I've leached off him for, <laughs> I don't know, eight years. <laughs> and it, so it was just, so I've just never, you know, I've never given go. anybody the heads up. Anybody. Like when just I had cuddle, direct TV, gun dry. like when I had direct TV, my, I know my, uh, my sister-in-law used the direct TV app to watch everything. Cause we had everything. And what, then I was just like, we're getting rid of everything. Just looked at my wife one day. I was like, we're getting rid of everything. We're going to go do this, blah, blah, blah. And I never told her. And she never asked me about it. <laughs> she, she probably just went, to the, went there one night and was extremely disappointed or thought I didn't pay my bill. Well, Jude, uh, we're Plex pals. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can't do about getting uh, Rome on the old Plex. Yeah, I appreciate that. I will, uh, I will definitely take it up if you put there. So. I'm trying to think of so like, so Medici is actually pretty light on the sex, like the three seasons of Medici. I mean, th- there is plenty in there, but I would say of uh, it is not as much as most, like uh, like Borgia on Netflix, which it's it's almost impossible to find season three because of some legal battle. Uh, you got to go dark web to get season three. Um, it's not even on Netflix anymore. But that is very, very uh, – that's borderline X-rated. Uh, there's just a lot of them are like that. I mean, they're all like that. It's like they're, yeah, they're all are. your time maybe back then, huh? That's uh, – yeah. When when we were growing up, there's things like, like uh, Taxi Confessions. Drama now? And, like, like what's everybody's favorite? Like oh. This Is Us or something like that? Uh, yeah, This Is Us. Imagine, imagine if This Is Us had a hardcore sex scene – softcore porn style like at least twice every episode i mean i'd be down for that but <laughs> i don't watch the show but i mean i'm just saying i'm like i'm just you know, like, a normal today's kind of drama i mean i don't mean to be too crass about it but is, is mandy more involved in the scene or chrissy metz because uh you know i think i feel like that that make could be maybe make a difference in my answer so depending on your age um that must have been how it felt for some of the older crowd watching that 12 formation uh, come onto the field in Notre Dame games this year. Um, or the 13. Yeah, or that, yeah. <laughs> or the or the 14, basically, against Carolina. Against uh, North Carolina, right. Let's roll them out. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think I tweeted Tommy out Reese's, the best uh, night. Tommy Reese's uh, Twitter, what is it, banner. As it should be. That's a, that's the, one of the most beautiful sights these guys have ever seen. It was gorgeous. Speaking of that game, so I know you guys saw this. I, th- I put it up on the site, but um, uh, PFF had their top five running backs in the draft, ranked them. And very quickly I realized, oh, we fucking played all these guys. Yeah. And, and you know, so you do the math. 
it's pretty damn amazing what Notre Dame did against the top five running backs in the NFL draft. That's a that's a toot your horn kind of a kind of a kind of a thing. So if you didn't and, see it, and it I would like, argue uh, Trevor Lawrence is the only reason Travis Etienne kind of gets his hay um, in the ACC title game because they shut him out in the the first game in November. But yeah, um, they, yeah. I mean, just I the mean, threat. Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence on the ground was incredible, and it certainly opened things up for ETN because we couldn't do the same oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, but yeah, it was like 68 yards, <clears throat> excuse me, 68 yards a game. Now, you got to add six, it was six games because of the ACC could play Clemson twice. Yeah. But it, it's still a little skewed of a number because both uh, both of North Carolina's running backs are you know involved in that. So if you just would have – if you would add the two North Carolina running backs together, then it goes down to five games. And then it was like 82 yards, which is still fucking pretty good against the best running backs, supposedly in the NFL draft. I thought it was pretty incredible. No, I mean, no, no I was, I was super out. I was super into you doing the math on that and actually posting it on our website because I was like, I, first of all, I couldn't believe we'd played all of them. And second of all, I couldn't, it was. I thought you were gonna say you couldn't believe I did math. <laughs> <laughs> I did math, <laughs> which it was surprising for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I of, of all those backs, uh, the only one that I was like super impressed with was fucking Najee Harris because that dude is incredible. Ask uh, you- Nick McLeod <laughs> about Najee Harris <laughs> and that poster that he's on. And Nick McLeod, the fastest player in the Notre Dame team last year. Yeah, but wow. didn't need didn't need speed. Najee Harris just jumped right over his ass. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. if you know take you- away the Najee Harris, if you take away Najee Harris's hurdle run against Notre Dame, his yarded no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I know you guys made that joke last podcast, but I wasn't I wasn't there, so I just I wanted to dunk too. I just I can't <laughs> believe this. Nick McLeod 40 yard dash time. So, do you think Nick McLeod's 40 yard dash? Do you think that if he was the uh, the hand timer for him was the same guy who hand timed the uh, Jalen Elliott pro day hand time from the year before, where Elliott shaved like what almost like four times a off second of that, off that, like of that combine off. time? Oh, yeah, it's, just, it's a fast track in South Bend, man. <laughs> we're long yeah. past days of growing grass oh, long yeah. with Charlie Weiss. Yeah. We're way past that. Uh, yeah, you don't so even have to mow are... the grass anymore in South Bend. Can't say the same for, uh, you know, Chestnut Hill, which is maybe why. Well, <laughs> maybe they're going to bring natural grass back to Chestnut. We will get, and we will get into uh more BC bashing uh, a little bit later in the show for sure. Uh, <laughs> God, what a, what a fantastic uh, gift they gave us today. Um, but anyways, Oh man, I didn't even, I forgot completely that Phil uh, Jerkovic was on that team. Oh my God, this is great, but lots to get to lots to get to. We, um, we got no reviews tonight, unfortunately. Uh, so why don't you guys change that for the next, uh, for the next round. Get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Whatever review that you leave there, I will read word for word on the next OFT podcast. And we are looking for those 
earned, earned Julian Love five stars because we just love saying it. There's nothing better than saying anything about a earned fifth star for Julian Love. Uh, so do that. We'd appreciate it. Uh, something I ran across, I just I tweeted out before we recorded. You know, there's a band called One Foot Down. Uh, yeah, which is your favorite uh, favorite of their uh, albums? I don't know, but it's I I said it's basically it's like a ba- really awful Danzig. <laughs> like the guy has that that the uh, the Danzig type voice going on. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Is this a new development or just something you just realized now? It was like 2014, I think, was when the band came out. Wow. Well, no, tw- 2013 is their their. Oh, uh, 2013 was the album. Yes, they're one foot down the EP, uh, with such hits as Glance, Motion, Sideways, Splintered mm-hmm. Road. Love it. Uh, and they also have the single Jiggy Jig. Jiggy oh, Jig. Jig. who can forget Jiggy Jig? I, how can I? Forget? I think I think Will Smith had a hit with that, right? <laughs> yeah, getting Jiggy Jig with it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if this version is really. This actually sounds like, uh, God, it really sounds like a 1999, like college band. It's it's awful. It's really bad. And I, I just I thought it was hilarious. They're one foot down. OFD, the whole deal there. (laughs) So good on them, I guess. I don't know, but maybe I should start using their music in the in the podcast. <laughs> but I think we want more and, listeners and, and pay their pay their exorbitant licensing fees. No, thank I, you. Well, Brendan and I, I talked about this. I think we can Spotify bought who we dump our our podcast off in, in a megaphone. Spotify bought them out, and we're pretty sure that means that we're able to use other songs because it's through Spotify. Then, which means Spotify has to pay them. I I have I had a buddy that wanted to start a podcast about music and he was looking into that and I think what it means though is that spot you can pick the song but Spotify gets to pick what part of the song gets used I don't think you get to specify I think it's something uh, shitty like that oh rough oh, so don't quote me on it you can get some really but shitty like, parts. Oh yeah, you I'm, get. I'm like, sorry, Brendan. You're like, yeah, I want to use, I want to use Derek and the Dominoes, Layla, and then they're like, yeah, we're gonna give you that shitty ass solo at the end of the song. Sorry, whoa, bud. whoa, you hate the the outro? solo's the worst part of the song. No, dude, it's the worst part of okay. the whole song. Okay, first of all, have you seen the movie Goodfellas? Because I don't feel like you would I'd say seen, that if you'd see, if you said Goodfellas. I've seen the movie Goodfellas, but I'm okay. saying the the 17 minute solo at the end of the song where Eric Clapton's dunking on George Harrison for stealing his wife. <laughs> I'm saying that the solo at the end is the worst part that the song itself by Derek and the Domino's is fantastic. And that the MTV unplugged live version. That oh, Eric I was going to say that's the biggest crime right there, right there. Immaculate. The TV. Oh, oh my God. Really? Oh, wow. We couldn't be further apart about this. I mean, I'm a big unplugged fan, period. He took, okay. Wow. I mean, Jude. He took he took the most rock and roll song and he made it into this like uh, '90s adults uh, contemporary when, like when, soft. How old was version. he? Listen, of course he did. How old was he? When did he do it? He he was old. 
And it was in the 90s. It was like 92, 93? Yeah, it was 92. It's the same album as Tears in Heaven, so. Yeah, it's, it's the Tears in Heaven one. Um, it was Hey Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's his best one. Sign, yeah, it's his best album. If we're going to look at, other than Blind Faith, Blind Faith. The, uh, the, uh, the best track on the MTV Unplugged album has got to be San Francisco Bay Blues, though. That is the absolute best track. That's a rolling track. Hey, hey, it's pretty but, good. Uh, what's your favorite MTV Unplugged period? Oh, my gosh. That's oh, wow. This is a great question. Um, oh, God. I mean, there's so many good choices, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know about so many. Okay, but I mean, so let's talk about a, like there's a handful about, of ones that are hard. To I was going to say, let's talk about the universally accepted uh, gr- one. I don't think does anybody argue that Nirvana's was great? Wasn't great. I don't. Does anybody I, argue? Uh, it? It's yeah, greatest well, albums ever. I'm not a I'm not it's a Nirvana cover, fan. It has a, a goddamn cover album, <laughs> but it's uh, it's one of the best. It's one of the best things you could hear. I mean, Pearl Jam's is awesome. Um, Alice, Alice in Chains is incredible. Yeah, I, I'm just like. I mean, because Lane, Lane's voice really comes out. I mean, I, I think I, it, it's not a popular opinion. I think Alice in Chains Unplugged is better than Nirvana Unplugged. Not by a lot, not by. I mean, we're talking about with the very thinnest of margins. But if I had to choose one between two, gun to be my gun to my head, I'd probably take out. I would take Alice in Chains Unplugged over Nirvana Unplugged. That that Jay Z unplugged was incredible. Oh yeah! Oh my God, that was really good. That, I mean, that was really good, and that was I mean, the the Hova on that one was very good. It, H the Izzo, that one was that was yeah. a really good. Oh version. yeah. His uh, you know, that he had a, the the battle that he had with Nas that really got bla- put on blast on the unplugged album, which was great because that really got Nas going with either with ether, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was fantastic, but you pick one. I don't think you picked one yet. I know. Cause this is, this is like asking to pick your favorite child. Like I grew up with so many of these, but here, here's the one, like I'm going to probably get ridiculed for this, but um, here's the, here's my favorite one. Hands down. I listened to the most was 10,000 maniacs. Their version, their version of because the night was on there. Uh, they became that turned into a top 40 hit for them. And, um, there's just there's I, I just love that band with Natalie Merchant. They were they were awesome uh, back in yeah, the day. OK, so I, mean, I, I respect your your choice. That's, just, that's a hard no for me. But yeah, no, I, I get that. But, I, mean, I, get everybody's, I, I don't but, get, but, the, but I get I that. It's not everybody. Everybody's cup of tea. I mean, like like the Mariah Carey one was so awesome. I, I just, you know. Which was a lot better than her New Year's Eve uh, <laughs> show a few Rocking years ago. Rocking New Year's Eve performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've never, never seen for- anything like that. I'll never forget Pearl Jam's Black from their Unplugged. I mean, it's just, I know I just mentioned that, but ugh, so good. Um, you know, I saw I saw uh, Pearl Jam play in, uh, it was Deer Creek, whatever the fuck it is now. It was Deer Creek when I was growing up. And I think then it became Verizon. It's down around Indy. Verizon, I don't know what the hell it's called now. Uh, but I was not expecting the show that I got. And it was, I mean, it was fucking excellent. It was like a back, it really felt like you were in a backyard. I don't know how many tiki torches those guys brought with them. <laughs> but I was, I was for sure something was going to burn to the ground. But it, yeah, I, I haven't I, seen the, uh, they had as many tiki torches as they did at, uh, 
Virginia's campus, right? <laughs> I mean, there was probably a few less polo shirts at this. Uh, Just at a few. <laughs> but no, um, that was. That I, was I mean, good. I'm just. I'm thinking about the ones too. Like, um, Live had a great um, MTV Unplugged. I don't think it ever came out on an album. Uh, the Cranberries had a great MTV Unplugged. I don't think that ever made oh, it, it as an album. Did it I make forgot. it as an album? I don't know if they did or not. I would almost bet you could probably find all these on something. Yeah, for but sure. I remember I mean, Cranberries REM now had, for sure. REM yeah. had a great one. Um, I'm not an REM fan. You're not an no. REM guy. Uh, no, Oa- no. Do you remember Oasis's when um, uh, Liam spent the whole time heckling the band <laughs> from the balcony? Uh, oh, I did not. Single- oh, you don't remember this? No. So um, Liam pulls out at the at the the very last minute and says he's got a sore throat or whatever. And so Noel plays the hits, but he also sings Liam's play. He sings Liam's songs, like the ones that Liam has lead on. And Liam's up there drinking and heckling the band. <laughs> From, he's like the Statler and Wardle. Uh, Ward, yeah. Ward up in the. Ward, why can't I say that? Statler and Waldorf. There we go. Of the. Uh, I mean, you have to appreciate a good act. You really do need to. Pre- in the music business, you have to appreciate a really solid. And they definitely were that. Oh, the Coors had a good one too. Do you, do you remember the Irish band, the Coors, when we were all in like Irish music for five hot seconds? That was really good. Oh, I've been in it for, I'm still in it for years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't stopped listening to it. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they, they would have got like some shit, like some Flogging Molly or something like that on Unplugged. That would have been nice. Oh, they, man, they, was... they don't, like, why don't they do that? That was their, some of the best stuff MTV did. And they're bringing back instead the fucking real world when they're like sixty. Why are they bring back the <laughs> they are bringing back the real world. Or are they afraid? Are they afraid of showing that today's singers are trash? Well, so they don't still do I, it. Do they do it? No, I don't think no, so. They don't, they don't do it. They don't play music on MTV. This isn't a, this isn't a controversial uh, fact. This is just this is just well, well but, they don't play well, music. There's just there's not I. I, I just, it just I, I thought I just got too old. For, I thought I just got too old for it. That's that's why, because like the stuff from like I'm you know looking at the list here like ninety two to basically, I mean I pretty much I pretty I think I, I pretty much drop out right around Lauren Hill or no Jay Z Dashville Worship Confessional yeah, two thousand two basically two thousand two I'm like okay I'm, I'm I'm good you know so but that ten year run there I probably watched almost all of these. I mean, it it was the best thing they did. Yeah. So, uh, so the best thing that Notre Dame does in spring is what? Hype what videos. Hype videos. Are, are keeping they? their keeping their B roll to to almost exactly three minutes. I think that's, that's I, pretty amazing. I was I was I was pissed off today, and Greg was too. <laughs> we all these three minute clips <laughs> we've been getting have been solidly full of plays, which we have been. We have been clapping our hands and patting Notre Dame on the back for, and then fucking today they threw in drill work, which is nothing that I, I want to see. I told you, I told you, I told you weeks ago that this was going to happen, that it was, they were going to eventually put out the offensive line 
because uh, you can't really highlight the offensive line in anything but drill work, but they were eventually going to unleash their offensive line package film, which is what we got, right? I mean, kind of. I'm glad I'm not the only one bitching about the camera ankles and stuff. I, Priester, what? I think Priester said something about it. <laughs> it we all we all we all understand why, but it's just like. You know, field field level is is hard when it's from a camera. Like field level when you're there is fine, but field level from a camera is just difficult. And just like Priester, I was bitching to Greg today. Like, yeah, like I'll spend an hour on three minutes, like literally, literally an hour. Stop, rewind, stop, rewind. For like forty minutes today, I thought Nana Osafa Mensa was. Or I thought Justin Adamiola was not on Safa Mensa. I had written up in a paragraph and a half about Nana uh, pancaking the shit out of John Dirksen. And then I went back just to make sure like something was right. And it was and I'm like, what the fuck? This is 19, not 18. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, most of a lot of them were wearing the, you know, their their practice uniforms tucked in up top. So. And then you can't see half the number, which is tough. But what's too, funny is a lot of them love the belly flow. You can definitely tell who Sebo Flemister is because of the way he runs. <laughs> He's got those those plotting feet, man. There's no escaping it. Like his his jersey's tucked in. You can't see twenty, but damn right I know that Sebo. Look at the way the feet are plopping down. <laughs> oh poor Sebo. Distinct. Very distinct. He, his running styles is is as distinct as his name. That's yeah. a good. That's a soft combo. So uh, I haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't watched much of the clips because I feel like that's state-run media, and I I don't <laughs> I don't trust it. But it's um, not that bad. I mean, it's. Yeah. it's no, a, I, it's a I, I get it. But I I have been enjoying the uh, the Irish Wired series. Um, because I, th- I I think it's kind of interesting. Um, first of all, how how they put them together, what they find what they find um, worth sharing with Usable, us, but also yeah. how the guys re- how they're sort of acknowledging the fourth wall there, right? Which is they know that they're being taped, so that um, you know they're going to be on their on their best behavior, basically. And right? Bo Bauer knows too. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I the one I enjoyed the most was Brian Pullian because I feel like I don't know if he's a good coach or anything, but I just feel like he must be just a joy to be around. You know what I mean? Like he just seems like he, it would be fun to, uh, if Brian Pulling wasn't a football coach, he'd work at a, like a bottling center and you'd be <laughs> working next to this guy. And this guy would come up with like, probably like 50 dad jokes, a shift, you know, <laughs> like he just seems like that guy that he's got a, he's got a, he's got a good 10 or 15, uh, saying you know, tucked into his pocket for that day, he's gonna toss on somebody. Yeah, he feels like the kind of guy I would have first heard the phrase "hump day" from. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy that would has would a, take that. I bet he has a grass-stained pair of New Balances. I bet he does. Oh, I don't even think that that's a question. unironically. <laughs> I thought, I, mean, I, thought, was great. I thought that's and what I, you did with new balances was just 
wear them for for lawn chores. I didn't realize that people did other things with them. So. Oh, that's oh they well they they wear them out. They wear them until they're old. They buy a new pair, and then your old ones become the long shoes for that year. Yeah, no, I I I get it. I just I, I mean. <laughs> I mean I've I've seen it in real life, unironically, and it's fantastic. And I can't stop smiling when I see it. But no, speaking of those wires, Freeman did like he he just completely won over every old Notre Dame alum. Um, yeah, good in education. Why don't we why don't we do one two oh, yeah. education? You say you say get money. How about get your degree? And I'm like, well, yeah. all right. Well, he's gonna have like you know forty thousand people pining for him to be the. I was gonna say. Like he, he ever, that was that felt like a head. Look, I'm sold. I'm completely sold on Marcus Freeman. Uh. I, as a coach, I know what he can do, what kind of group he puts out there because of Cincinnati and then watching that. But it was like, it was less to do with like the, the thing about the break, the way he was interacting with the offensive players with Josh Lug, with oh, Michael Mayer and yeah. Michael Mayer. Yeah. Uh, the Michael so, Mayer was very funny. He's like, he can't cover The Lug you. one was really funny too. This guy, like this guy completely owns the feet. Like he, like without being like overbearing, he completely owns that field where those guys are out at. That's, that's a trait that good coaches have that you just, you don't he- hear about enough or you don't see enough because you're not in practice, but like, he's got the respect, total respect of all those guys out there just by watching that, you know, you can see it. That's pretty, I mean, that's a pretty big thing. So yeah, he's going to be a head coach for sure someday and probably be a damn good one. I don't know if it's going to be in South Bend because the timelines are a f- motherfucker, but yeah, he's got it. He's got, I think he's got it. He's not Bob Dayton. That. No, it does not. It does not, in fact, look like he is uh, Bob Davey. No. Um, we got twelve Rudys out there. <laughs> <laughs> some of the, some of them those um uh, Air Force guys. I wonder how they fit into them jets. I gotta say, I I feel really bad for Notre Dame's secondary right now. Number one, I think I feel the worst for DJ Brown because DJ Brown yeah. seems to be like the one that has to cover Michael Mayer all the time. And that's just, <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fucking fair. And even, even not Marcus Freeman, assignment. Freeman even said that shit ain't fair. Like today, I was going to screenshot it, but I really don't, I'm not, I don't feel like dunking on DJ Brown. I was going to screenshot it, but just like the way like Michael Mayer caught it so easily in the end zone. And Brown's like falling to the fucking ground. I was going to screenshot like that and put it out there. I'm like, this shit is unfair. But I mean, DJ Brown has looked terrible against Michael Mayer. Clarence Lewis in the clips has not looked good at all. I mean, just getting, I mean, they're all getting owned out there. And it, that's the problem with the three minute clip and, and hiding really there. I mean, they're the state, this, the state run media is kind of just hiding what the defense is doing right now. And they're highlighting Which is great offense because that's the sexy stuff. So it really looks bad for the DBs right now. Uh, <laughs> and it may not be that way. I mean, you know, it may not. That's, those are just these are small glimpses we get. I have a strong feeling that Michael Mayer schooling everybody is probably a thing, uh, especially with you no know, Kyle Hamilton on the field. Uh, but I feel bad for the Notre Dame DBs right now, man. They're really getting put in a bad light <laughs> in these in these three minute clips. But uh, well, I should, at the I same think time, it's about like how much. Oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was I think going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> go, go, Brennan, go. I was just going to say that at the same time, uh, going into the season, I think we can all say that we feel more comfortable about the defense's prospects than we do the offense's. Right. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. I feel pretty good about the defensive line. I feel pretty good about the linebackers and I feel pretty good about Kyle save Kyle Hamilton existing. More so than I do any singular thing about the offense. Oh no. Any no? singular. I, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't have them. I wouldn't have the offensive defense separated that like that, like so far apart. Cause there's lots of things about the offense, right? Now. Like I'm loving Larry keys right now. Loving Larry keys. Catch I mean, passes I, from Drew Pine. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? I, yeah okay. I'm looking at, I mean, I'm looking at Kyron Williams. I mean, there's a lot, I think there's a Michael Mayer. I, there's a lot of things on the, I mean, the, it's the offensive line. That's the biggest question mark. And I just think that they're just figuring shit out right now. I'm not, I guess I'm not overly worried. I think, I think what Kelly's doing and what Jeff Quinn's doing with, you know, the bringing guys through, through and out. And you got to keep in mind, your best offensive lineman isn't out there this spring. So, but I, I guess I'm not as worried about the offensive line. Maybe that's because I have faith in, oh, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, haven't we been praising for their recruiting for years and their development for years it's just there's a lot more to put in this year than than the other years, but I still feel that they could put out a good offensive line. It's not going to be great like last year's line or the you know seventh or the eighteen line or whatever it is seventeen line. But I mean, look what they did. In, that's what we said in the last podcast. You know, after 2017, you lose you lost two top ten fucking Clinchy picks. Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson. Oh no, what do you do? And then you go out and win the fucking. I mean, you win them all. That offensive line. Yeah. So. I, I guess I, I have a I guess my faith in that they know what they're doing keeps me grounded and then then looking over to the skill position side while they haven't had the production over the years other than Kyra Williams really and Michael Mayer I, you can see all that coming together it's the potential and the talent is right there so go get it you know what I mean like the especially for guys like like Braden Lindsay. Joe Wilkins, even Larry keys, go get it. You've been here long enough. Go get your fucking, go get your stats. And I think that, I think they could do that. I'm worried about safety next to Kyle. Cause I, th- I think there's a lot of, a lot of hope on Houston Griffith, but we're going to have to see it. I, I, I think he's been given more opportunities and like, then yeah, I mean, he's been given a lot of opportunities and has not been able to rise through it. So is the senior year going to be the year that happens? You really you really need it to. I mean, we really need that this year. Uh, and then I'm, you know, corner still, I mean, Tariq Bracey, he's going to have to prove it now. After last year, he's going to have to prove that he's not going to just, you know, crumble like a, like a fine blue cheese you know, out in the field. Because that happened last year. We saw. That's why Clarence Lewis – End up playing and end up starting he got, he got because of Bracey, not the game of the whole season. Yeah, he benched him in so, the game of the whole season. Yeah. I mean, there's questions everywhere. It's spring and they're figuring things out. I, but I, I wouldn't separate 
I wouldn't say one is way ahead of the, I wouldn't say one is way ahead of the other. Maybe they are, but I, I don't think I wouldn't be comfortable putting that out there. Hey, a question for you guys. The, I think it was a tweet by, by Sydney Sims where she's like, Hey, didn't get this shot or whatever, but it was a Jordan Johnson touchdown that we got to, we got to see or whatever that didn't make the clip, the three minute clips that day. Right. No. Right. The so, players get their own highlight packages. Yeah. Like Lindsay's done. Yeah. They one email them. And, uh, yeah. Who's somebody else had one today. That so I saw we are getting, added. we are getting more than three minutes of content because some people are getting their own. Not every day, yes. but just what are they rotating well, them? Like they, today, I, today's Braden Lindsay's days or. I mean, I think if they have some good stuff, they're going to send it to the guys. And, you know, and, like, and we and we have no sense whether it's all from the same day or from different days or whatever those highlight packages. I think, I mean, they're kids. They're probably getting it up the day that they got. I don't think they're waiting a few days. But I mean, maybe the, I don't know. Okay, but I mean, it's not a compendium of clips from like. It's not like Braden Lindsay's best catches over the last week. It's Braden Lindsay's best catches today. I would say that's the case, but I think there's an argument to be made that we don't know. So maybe yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. So yeah, because I think that could be the case. Yeah. Like literally all this, the, the clips that get picked, I think are dependent on um, what side of the field that the, the camera operator was on when the, when the pass was made or whatever, like I, I think sometimes things are a lot harder to, to, to track when you're, t- when you're shooting that tight, like a tipped ball or something like that. Something that, you know, would be hard to see is like an interception in traffic or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes certain plays lend themselves to being filmed and being presented to you um, than, than others. And so sometimes that tends to, that tends to um, favor, you know, those long deep throws where guys are streaking down the sidelines and like one-on-ones, right. Instead of like, a play across the middle where a guy makes it just to makes it like a good play. And it's more bunched up. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, what I, I mean, you guys waited in this last week and I, I obviously wasn't there, but the, I, and I don't mean to dunk on Brandon cause I, I feel like you guys kind of, you kind of made the point, but I, I really don't think that there is any kind of, um, head coach review of these, of these, these clips or whatever. Um, I think that the, they have a pretty good sense of what they can show and what they can't show. And, and, and maybe I could buy into the idea that an analyst or somebody down the line looks them over before they, before they walk out the door. But, um, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine Brian Kelly, like <laughs> saying, you know, Hey, yeah, let's I don't, the offensive yeah. line a little love today. You know? Yeah. I didn't, I don't think that's the case. I, Someone has given it. A you don't think over. that they have. You don't think that they have a agenda, and there's not input from like, hey, this is the same thing with when Brian Kelly makes his his comments in a presser, and the comments that he's making are very obviously meant to encourage or you know do something I, with a player. In order I just think to, there's only so much time in a day, and he's pretty busy. And I think that's I don't I really think that I think that conversation has been had. Let's put it this way. I think I think there's been a talking to to who's doing all this, and they have a general set of parameters that they could follow. And but I mean it takes 
you know, practice starts at eight o'clock in the morning and it's what, two hours long. And we get these like right around 1130 or noon. So I think throughout the practice, they have a general sense of what, what plays. I, I mean, I don't Maybe we need to just get somebody from fire and Irish media over on the podcast, interview them. Like just fucking tell us what you're doing. Ask Brian Kelly and his presser. I am not, I'm not asking him that. I'm not asking him that. Uh, <laughs> All you got to do is raise your hand right at the beginning of the, of the, um, of the yeah, presser. Apparently my hand raising skills are, are not fast enough. Uh, apparently, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd never been told that it wasn't loud enough. Um, does, I don't that, know. I had, does, does the AP stringer who writes, who asks questions about the masters actually write anything from those press conferences? I don't, you know, I, I, I honestly have no idea. I've, but I have wondered the same thing because he, when he, when he asks a question, when Federer gets it, it's almost, he's coming up with it off the top of his head. Sometimes like, uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know how to describe it other than like, he's just shooting from the hip here. And, they're general as shit. Like, oh, I don't know. Okay, let me ask about injuries. Like, I don't know. But that's what made me upset about the last, the last time about not getting. Have injuries. Like, everybody's asking. Everybody, every fan is asking about Drew White. What's no one's going? No one's asking about it. Like, he's your starting fucking middle linebacker. He led the team in tackles, and he's not out there in the spring. And you have no definitive statement from Notre Dame about <clears throat> what's going on with him. That is amazing to me that that is not like, this doesn't have to be behind closed doors. This source says just fucking ask Kelly. Like when is somebody going to ask him? And so I was going to ask him this last round, like they let's get it out there. And you know, we've been hearing it's an ankle, whatever. That's fine, but let's hear it. And you know, it didn't get to me, <laughs> So, but actually I think we get drew white on Saturday. Uh, oh, okay. Well, straight to the source then. <laughs> so, how's your time on the sidelines been? <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, I, I don't know. Some, some guys ask really great questions. Are you going to ask Drew, Drew White if he's been on any snowboards recently? I, Drew, are you out this spring because of a snowboard incident? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that's <laughs> that's going to happen. But I mean, he had a really good season after that injury. <laughs> so, he did. Uh, Indubitably. The the inability to follow up is maddening. Is the ultimate sin on these on all these press conferences. It, it is now now if you have a follow up, you can chime in and, and they've been doing that. So and they'll get back get you, get you back on for a follow up. So they're they're trying to help you out. I mean, I. I I think they're doing the best they can, you know, with what, what they have going on here and with the time frame that they have. But the like the flow of it all is just you know, trying to get a quick follow up to what you just said. That might be three or four questions later, then it comes then it comes up and you're and you're kinda I don't know. It's it's not solid. It's not solid. It's not it's not really their fault, other than they're trying to control the narrative. But I mean it's just with these, you know, Zoom press conferences, it's this is about as good as you're getting. Maybe one day we'll be in our room together once again. That day may not be until 2022, though. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, they just built the new, those brand new press rooms, you know, I was like, oh, those are going to stay empty for a while now. Or just a couple of guys in there while you're zooming up to the God. You don't think they're going to, they're going to let people in this year. I'm on, like the way that it's trending now, as far as, um, attendance. I know a lot of universities are starting to say that they're going full attendance. I know Washington university most recently has said that they plan on having full attendance. No, I think like Notre Dame said they're they're Well, no, like Notre Dame said, you know, they're having vaccine require vac- vaccination requirements coming back for next year. Right. Yeah. For the students. And I would imagine that the, for, maybe, I don't know about the general populace and it, they might, I think the, um, Yankees are doing that. Um, but I would imagine for for the press box, they might require. Um, I think the the going uh, policy now well, is proof of well, vaccination. Yeah, yeah, proof of vaccination or uh, yeah. a negative test within the last forty eight hours. And I think that they probably are going to allow for that. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I've been right many times about what they're going to do, and then I've been completely wrong. So. That which is to say that whatever I say is mainly a guess, and I I don't know what they're gonna do. Frankly, like, they I should do, get I, you stodgy uh, you stodgy booth watchers down among the people, and let the sports writers uh, take in the game, the sights and the sound within the crowd as they used to back well, in well, the no days. no no I I need the desk. We all need the desks and the Wi-Fi and the free food. Wait, are you saying that the stadium doesn't have Wi-Fi? What are you saying no, the, here? I, you needed a little more to stream, Doug. But what I'm saying is, open the fucking windows up. You you have windows that can be opened up. Why are they not, like against Georgia, against Michigan in 2018, why are these windows not opened up in these warm weather? You know, it's not like it's going to be hot and humid inside the state. Well, that Michigan game might have, because, uh, that, God, that was humid as hell. But I mean, being able to open up those windows up to get that feel of the crowd, that's important to me. Like that helps me, that helps me tell the story of the game. And so having it be like dead silent, quiet in there, you can't even, you can barely hear the crowd. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a terrible way to watch a game. I, I really do despise it. That's why you yeah, at halftime, like a, you know, like I said quite a few times, SC and, at 17, I was sprinting out of that fucking box, getting on the elevator and getting down in the bowl just to soak it up just a little bit. And it was exactly what I'd hoped. The fucking crowd was into it. I mean, it was a massive beatdown against SC. I think people our age, especially, could appreciate that given the fact to come, you know, the Carroll era is still very fresh in my mind. Very fresh. Very fresh. Those games hurt, they hurt badly. And there is nothing better than putting one on SC. Nothing. Uh, I mean, it's just that that's a sweet, sweet feeling. Not even the Carol Arrow, but like, frankly, man, 2014 is still pretty fresh. I have actually done a pretty good job of red letter day. Locked the game out. That like that. 2014 was as bad as anything other than 2000 other than 38 to nothing. It was as bad as anything Pete Carroll did. Just they could have picked well, yeah, a score. Six. Well, yeah. Cause we there. when Pat yeah, Hayden 16. is telling him to fucking to slow your roll, you know, you're fucked. You know, you had a fuck day. That was, 
I mean, I'm not a big, uh, they let off the gas kind of a guy. Like, I really don't believe that about Alabama in the, in the playoff game. I don't because their fucking starters were out there until the middle of the fourth quarter. It would have been the first the time in the history of Alabama that they let off the gas. Yeah. They don't let off Nick the Saban gas. Nick does not let off the fucking gas. Let's no, not get it twisted. Yeah. But that game against SC in 14, they let off the gas. Yeah. And that's their fault. That's their fucking fault. You're weak. Don't let off the gas. It's your rival. Pour it on. Do not stop. Ever. Kelly thanks Sarkeesian after the 14 game for, for not running up the score. Right. You think Pete Carroll would have fucking stopped? No. He would have told Pat Hayden fuck himself, and then he'd go well, five wide. Here's the thing. Um, Pete Carroll had the uh, um, ability to tell Pat yeah. Hayden go fuck himself. Well, I mean – Sarkeesian had the ability. He had the liquid courage to do yeah, it. Yeah, he Aww. certainly had the liquid courage. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, that football game was hey, thirty-five one, to from seven. From one drinker to another. Jeez. Hey, buddy. Uh, and now that's the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. So you know how weak-willed uh, Texas is. So we were talking about this just a couple of seconds ago, and I, I was spent the time to look it up, and all of a sudden we got to USC, but. Um, the messaging, re- the messaging around Notre Dame changed a little bit from Jenkins's first letter. Um, well not first letter, but most recent letter to, to all of the student body on April 5th, which basically he said, if 90% of our students have had at least the first vaccination dose, we plan to take such, take such steps such as the following. And then three days later, the messaging becomes, if we can re- uh, 70% of students have been or plan to be vaccinated, if we can reach 90% by April 15th, we can relax some of our health protocols. That's the first time I see them put a date on it and also change the the threshold as I can plan to be vaccinated, which is a, obviously a far cry from actually being having your first dose, which is also a very far cry from having your second dose and being two weeks past that. You know, because it's so just this, a way of them getting out of the school year. Yeah, they I, just I, they well, want. They went out of the school year. Yeah, it just—I just thought it was—I thought it was funny that they were like, "Hey, if we get ninety percent of you guys done, um, you know, we can we can start to relax some things." Even though they they fully admit in this same letter that the first vaccination really doesn't do, <laughs> uh, does not reach its maximum effectiveness. Uh, so, so they so they're they're already compromising on the first part, which is they're saying ninety percent of the students have to have their first vaccination dose for us to release uh, to relax some of these these protocols about allowing inner hall visits and the, the common lounges and re- raising the number of people at informal gatherings and stuff like that. And then they change it to, oh, well, we met ninety percent of our students uh, who've either had their first dose or plan to get their first dose. <laughs> it's like, oh, gee, well, <laughs> plan to get their first dose. Like, first of all, okay, I could indicate anything to get you to that ninety percent number. Right. Uh, if I want like relax, better messaging than we're getting from up on high because it sounds like he wants to encourage people with actual reasons to vaccinate. Right. He's saying like, hey, get scheduled, get vaccinated, and then. Maybe you'll get to walk at graduation instead of having a Zoom meeting or whatever. Well, I, I just yeah, I mean, but I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I think the walking at graduation thing is more of an Indiana policy than a, a Notre Dame policy, right? But that's all going away. That Indiana's by the time graduation comes around, that'll all be gone. I guarantee it. Holcomb will pull all that back. But here's the thing, how, Jude, how many, how many are, how many actually walk at graduation? 
Like how, how many, how many are in, in a graduating class normally? I think there was like 1800 in my graduating class. So like, and that's undergraduate, obviously the law school is it's, there and the master's. So we got, there. Ri- so we got rid of the beautiful grass to put in field turf mm-hmm. to have graduation in the 80,000 seat stadium. And right. there's no way to, to do that. Now in this, at this time of the, of the COVID era, like now that we're getting people vaccinated and all that, we, you can't, we can't, ha- they can't have a walking graduation inside of an 80,000 seat stadium with 1800 graduates. Let's just say 2,500 people involved. I mean, I guess you're, you're t- talking parents, all that shit, but I mean, there's a way to do it inside that. I mean, shit. I mean, if they, if they don't do it, they just don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question. Like how many people with, you know, in terms of undergraduates, faculty, so on and so forth are, are non, um, you know, who, who basically have to be there. Right. And so, and then, and then you maybe do a, a multiplication factor saying, okay, if every person gets to bring, you know, 3.1 people, uh, what does that, you know, what does that look like? But you're right. Well, that, it's an, like, it's an 80,000, it's an 80,000 seat stadium. So, you know, you would how you think yourself at how much money does Notre Dame have? Uh, a couple bucks, yeah. yeah a couple bucks, right? A couple, a couple shiny nickels, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they got so schmackles. some of the faculty that have to be there, like I'm not understanding what they have to be there for, but if it's just like to say something, can't you just put them on a giant fucking screen by themselves up on a screen <laughs> and they can sit at home? I mean, I'm, you can I'm put not, them in those fancy nope. uh, press boxes up top, the, or the fancy uh, fancy I'm seats. Saying, there's a this is not Ohio State. This is not Texas. We're not talking about these giant fucking oh my god, you know, like bigger than most towns, you know, graduations. This is this is a small private Catholic university and you're inside this giant ass stadium. There's a way to do this and still come out be it you know, safe. My god. Well, maybe, maybe, and this is just going on a limb, but maybe once they figure that out, they can figure out how to allow uh, a handful of recruits on campus to meet with coaches in controlled environments. Um, maybe they can figure that out, too, when, once they're able to figure out, uh, you know, these crazy Look, logistical it, issues. If you- if you want, if you want to reduce the attendance for graduation, just invite Mike Pence back to be the commencement speaker. I heard he was great at, at getting people to to walk out of the stadium. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to jump on Brennan's thing because I think actually his is much more important than my stupid joke, which is that now the report is that the dead period is going to finally end mercifully. Oh, and- they got. Notre Dame has been scheduling up, <clears throat> and that and I gets to, the, to this uh, bit of news that everybody should know already. Uh, tight end Jack Nickel decommitted today, yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> he probably saw the writing on the wall when both Eli Raritan and Holden Stays are having official visits in June <laughs> to other tight ends. Uh, so if you're a tight end committed and they're bringing in a couple more, that they like that you – or getting the sense that they like it better than him. Uh, someone said today, though, they really Colorado was a school that is a school that offered Jack Nickel. Someone oh, yeah. said today, yeah. really hope he goes uh, to Colorado so he could be uh, a Buffalo Nickel. 
Oh, I look hope at that. I, I hope that, that Jack, Jack Nickel has uh, a masculine child as his first offspring, because that would be Jack Nickel's son. <laughs> yeah, that's also very good. Uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of good uh, money. Do you think that they're going to be able to flip Nickelback and uh, <laughs> get him recommitted to this class? See, see, that's just that's the sad part of recruiting. Like we're ready to go with a name here. Maybe you're getting better talent, but are you getting better fun? I don't know. Ugh. Well, yeah. So they got a ton of recruits coming in in June. There, I mean, that's that's heating up. And that must be the first time in shit, 15, 16 months that they would have uh, recruits on campus officially, which is just they insane. They were supposed to. Uh, they were supposed to sign supposed Will to in Shipley end of March. Right. They were supposed March. to sign Will Shipley. That was supposed March to be the 23rd. thing that happened. I think it was March twenty third. Yeah. Ten days before. Yep. I, I'm sorry. You said you said Will Shipley. I, I, this is an Otterick Estimate podcast. I don't know who that is. Thank you very um, much. Uh, uh, I'm sorry for adding the he whose name shall not be mentioned. <laughs> He's like Voldemort someone, now. <laughs> someone who I don't give a fuck about. Uh, yeah, but you hear about a spring game. Look, I barely I'm barely interested in Notre Dame spring game. There's no way in hell I'm watching anyone else's spring game. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was kind of interested in Florida State's, but I never did watch it because they were going to have uh, no. Andy Staples, Adrian, Adrian Adelson call plays. Yeah. Why, why don't you just watch the three minute highlights like everybody else in this world? You know, well, I, like, just, why I wanted you, to see. Why I wanted you to watch yourself to that. I wanted to watch Adelson and Staples call plays. Okay. I didn't really care about Florida State. I just wanted to see what they were doing. I thought that'd be fun. Um, but then I read it, which is even funnier. It was a Miami Hurricanes writer uh, wrote what he saw in the Florida state game <laughs> just trashed Florida state just trashed oh. them. This is the worst offensive line. They've ever, this is the worst talent they've ever had. Like that's like, like me reviewing them. The Michigan Amazon series, right? There's no well, way like I was going to give that good change. It completely changed a lot of the, my outlooks for the early part of their name season. You know, I've, I've gone on record multiple times saying, you know, Hey, I'm still first game of the season, that labor day weekend kind of stuff. Notre Dame down in Tallahassee on the road, new coach. Maybe he's got these, they still have talent. Maybe he's get, he can get those guys to put it together for, for that first night, blah, 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 blah. And that was a, of all the games on Notre Dame's schedule, that was the one that was bothering me the most. Cause I thought it had a lot of unknowns to it. This might thank you, Miami hurricanes. This, this writer trashed them hard enough where I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about my 12 and 0 prediction. So, what you're saying is that some rando said something about, and you've cha- completely changed your perspective, even though you you've never read anything from this guy. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Why not? I love it. I mean, absolutely. It tracks. I mean, look. I mean, do you have to? Would you have to have read something from somebody else to to think that they were legit? Like, what was the first thing you you know you read? A, yeah, I I don't think so. I think there's. It was the least talented Florida State team. They were like the fourth most talented team that Notre Dame played, according to um, my research, as far as the the actual star rankings of the and player rankings of the players on their roster. And they signed the number twenty three class last year. So it's not like they were bringing right. in an influx of talent. Oh, and their best player left. 
um, and Terry, their best wide, re- you know, wide receiver and argue and their best cornerback off the biggest in Asante last, Samuel last Jr. And their Your offensive line's always been trash. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how Florida State's and their head coach is uh, lost his team. Um, borderline unlikable. So uh, Mike Norval being kind of exposed in the offseason. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad to get some confirmation bias. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't care if it's a Miami writer. I think it's funny. I think it's funnier that it's from him. Uh, but I mean, I I half-ass trusted. I guess I probably not. But I mean, I've never read anything from Colin Woodard before, and I know I'm a decade late. But I'm reading a book that he just or that he wrote ten years ago. Uh, and I'm really into that, and I trust Jude the and things I that he's saying. Jude and I live in the same country. Yeah, but this was. That's my problem with with the book, though, is that and I'm talking about American nations. The problem is that you're like right on the fucking cusp of Midlands from Yankeedom. And I would I would say this was written in 2011. I would say it all that changed quite a bit in 2016 and still is changing as we roll into 2020. His argument would be that these things don't change so hard. Like these things are more steadfast throughout long periods of time. But you might be a midlander. How dare you? I'm gonna I'm gonna write the the author and I'm gonna ask for an updated map. How dare you? Because <laughs> I I'm not sure. I uh, anyway it's. It's actually a really interesting read. I can't believe it took me this long to find it or to come across it and want to read it. But anyways, other things. Um, what else do we want to get into? Oh, let's fuck. Let's jump into some heat. Let's jump into some heat. So ESPN decides to put out their first FPI projection for the 2020 season. And I'm not sure if ESPN knows they went full fucking like mid 2000s bleacher report, but they went oh, full mid 2000s bleacher report. This list might be one of the trashiest top 25s. Now, look, I get that it's math, which makes it probably it even more infuriating. Makes it yep. even more infuriating. But I'm going to quickly just run down the top 25 that they have here in this on their FEI, and then we can discuss. So very quickly here, going from 25 to 1, 25, Indiana, 24, West Virginia, 23, Iowa, 22, Ole Miss, 21, Texas Tech, 20, Miami of Florida, 19, TCU, 18, LSU, 17, Oregon, 16, Auburn, 15, Wisconsin, 14, Florida, 13, North Carolina, 12, Texas, 11, Notre Dame. 10 Penn State, 9 Oklahoma State, 8 Mississippi State, 7 Georgia, 6 Texas A&M, 5 Ohio State, 4 Iowa State, <laughs> 3 Clemson, 2 Oklahoma, and number 1 Alabama. Wait, did you where where was Michigan? Did you miss them? Did you miss Michigan? Where 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 was Michigan? Did you did you did you forget them? They were tw- tw- 20, uh, 20. Oh no, no, they weren't. They might've been involved with Michigan state. Oh, I don't Michigan. Wait, where's state. 
Um, Sparty. Trying to trying to find them uh, here. I mean, at least they're they're ahead of traditional rivals like Indiana. Okay, right? so we can agree that this top twenty-five list is trash, but at oh. least they got the Michigan's correct. <laughs> and Oregon. I'm, I'm and they got Oregon. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. I actually have a problem with the Oregon. I do. You, I, you think they're low? And this is and yeah. This is I'm normally a, a or a trash Oregon person. Because uh, they are the Greek yogurt of the college football world. Sure are. But I mean, I, I, I love Greek yogurt, but that's another conversation. But I think 17 is pretty – that's surprising. Maybe it's not that I don't agree with it. I think I'm just surprised by that because Oregon usually gets, uh, gets the hand job, uh, especially early in the season from ESPN. Now, the, granted, this is the, the math version, uh, but this math don't add up. My brother-in-law no. is a fucking math professor. I he will tell. I guarantee he will say this math don't add up. So so before we get too much into the minutia, I I, I would just like to point out a, a few things off the top. Um, are you aware of what the um, regular season record in the year of our Lord 2020 for the number eight Mississippi Bulldogs was? It wasn't good. It was five and three six. and seven. <laughs> three and seven. And they're, so their first SEC uh, game. Was, oh, sorry, sorry. They came out. They did. They, they did. They were four and seven overall. They were three four. and seven uh, in conference because uh, they did. They did, in fact, uh, pick up an out of conference dub against a FCS opponent. And this is the number eight team they have. Who, after the first game, after the first game gets an SEC opponent, LSU, yeah, they they figured out they figured out Backlitch's offense right there. It took yep. one game, and the rest of the SEC was like, oh, and <laughs> they went on a four-game losing streak where they scored two points against Kentucky, zero points against Alabama. They beat Vandy, and oh then. My. And then they lost to Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, and Mississippi. And then at three and seven, they were invited to the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl at three and seven and beat Tulsa. So obviously deserving of a top ten. And ah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but during the ending of the Tulsa Mississippi State game, a fight broke out while Mike Leach was taking selfies with fans, and it was the most brutal fight that I've ever seen in a football game. Do you remember this? <laughs> One of his players like throat punched the Tulsa kid. I think that's what happened, or was it the Tulsa kid throat punch? I, I think it was might have been the other way around. I think it was the Tulsa kid punch. It was brutal. Listen, yeah, I want to read what. I want to read the rationale from ESPN here for number eight Mississippi State just to make this clear. The that conference this is, with Alabama. The biggest yeah, surprise in ESPN's preseason FBI rankings comes here. A program that struggled last season, coming in at number seven overall with an 8.3% chance of winning the SEC West. 8.3% chance of winning the SEC West per the algorithm. Zero percent. In fact, ESPN expect at least eight wins out of Mike Leach. During the regular season, which would be a size eight fucking wins eight is a wins top ten team, which would be a sizable jump from year one and would appease the fans of Starkville. Leach knows this 2021 <laughs> campaign is critical for a program and transition 
in need of a positive me- None of what's saying here <laughs> makes any fucking it's sense. Weird, this is a pasta. number twenty. This is a number twenty-four team at fucking best because of everything I just read there. Transition, not good. You suck. <laughs> you might win eight games. Somebody what needs to fuck? lock this writer in a dark closet for about an hour. This is this is egregious. Uh, like because he obviously has a Iowa concussion. State, Iowa State right? at four is a fucking joke, but it's still not as bad, which is incredible. Which is still not as bad as Mississippi State at number eight. Penn State at number ten kind of rackles my. Well, you ha- I was gonna say you have the James Franklin hate, so. I, well, well, not only the James Franklin how, how hate, did, but that. How did those guys uh, do last year? How, they went four and five. Seven. Yeah, that's a, that's the top ten worthy team. It's it just. I, Listen, they wrote the Nittany Lions deserve a ton of credit for not folding after a winless, disappointing start last fall. They started zero and five. Right. And then here's how here's how they ended their season. Right. They started 0 and 5 and then they got to play Michigan, which was abjectly one of the most awful teams in the Big Ten. They played Rutgers, which is Rutgers. And then they played Michigan State, who is hot trash. And then they played Illinois, who fired their coach and was hot trash. So so we're putting them at number 10 because they kept it together playing the four worst teams in the Big Ten and beat them. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations. Can't wait to watch Sean Clifford. Oh, my God. Whatever they have at running back and offensive line. Can't wait. They got got bulletin board material. Quote, unquote, Penn State has already has bulletin board material for the summer. No shit. (laughs) When you suck, people are going to tell you you suck and you suck. So I'm looking at this story and it says most likely playoff combinations, 10% combination chance is the highest one, which is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma. Okay, fine. That's one team for a member conference. Um, that doesn't strike me as too surprising. The second highest combination chance, 7% Alabama, Clemson, Iowa state, and Oklahoma. Can you tell me how Iowa state and Oklahoma both make the playoff? No, you can't. Because they play each other in the regular season, and then they play each other twice. They assumed they like, they would play each other in the the championship, right? So they somebody have to play, play each other once in the regular season. Notre Dame and Clemson did it. Yeah, that's true. But so it's but not you also the- have, okay. Uh, that's fine. But you also have Oklahoma State as the one, two, three, four, five. What what are they down at? Eleven. Uh, I. Uh, Eight, eight projected wins, five percent playoff chance, and well, I, I would say I mean, with play Texas at number twelve, why don't we just why don't we just make it an all Big Twelve? Why don't we just make it an all Big Twelve uh, national playoff? Let's just let's just make the entire Big oh, Twelve. And I would say has to play Texas as well. So, so you're telling me? So here's that, my thing. I, I, don't, I don't understand here, how this works. I have a, I have a question for you guys. Here's my yeah. thing. Because this is the the FPI power ratings index. So this is supposed to tell you like how good a team actually is, regardless of record. This is the math stuff. 
And inside the Oklahoma State tidbit, they say, while respected as a top 25 team, Oklahoma State is ranked somewhere in the high teens to low 20s in most preseason polls. And they have them at fucking number nine. Why are you making your why are you why are you publishing crap then? If your math is so bad that it looks terrible, why would you show your work? Here's oh, here's, well, here's the work. Joshua, can I, I you think name, you know the answer to that question. Can you name all ten Big Twelve Obviously. teams? Can you name all ten Big Twelve teams? And and when you name them, I'll let you know if they're ranked or not. Go ahead. TCU. Not Texas ranked. Tech. Ranked. Baylor. Ranked. Uh, ranked. Kansas State. Not ranked. Kansas. Not ranked. Texas Tech. Ranked. Texas Tech. Jude and I are both going to fire back and forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. West Virginia. Ranked. <laughs> Baylor? Did we say Baylor? Not ranked. That's there, right? Uh, there are four unranked teams and the other six. West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, um, Texas. They've ranked 60% of the league in Oklahoma State. They've ranked 60% of the league. So when they're doing their math here, if they say that 60% of them are ranked, they're all getting bumps for the fact that they're playing ranked opponents with one another. So that's the problem. That's the problem with their matrix here is I I don't know. How can 60% of your league be ranked in the top 25 teams in the country? Because, Brandon, 60% of the time it works 100% (laughs) of the time. (laughs) It sure does. That's that's how the math adds up. Look, if it's April 13th and you're looking for something to fire up college football fans, you could do a lot worse than putting out a, a poll that no one will remember. And and if you try to dunk on people, will say, well, that was in April. Right. No, their yeah. excuse every time is no. Oh, their TCU excuse is every ranked. time. How, how dumb am I? TCU is ranked 19th. Yeah. People, the people 60%. that put out these kinds these kinds of rankings that based off of math and algorithms, their excuse every time is. That's just how the the math. That's how the math works. Well, I was going to say, take like, it up with the computer, right? You, with no you can't shame. Take it up, you can't take it up with, with the computer. No so, yeah, I mean, no shame. Look, th- that's why when when you guys get nutso about Bill Connolly stuff, it's just like you can't argue with a guy who literally made up his own no, formula. No, no. It's Greg. Greg. <laughs> Greg goes nutso on Connolly's rankings. I, I mean, I even this, I understand. It is just, it's a math thing. This isn't someone's opinion. I just think it's so garbage. Why is it thrown in the trash? Because there's just there's no way this is legit. Because think about it, it's generated so much uh, linkage well, like, and, and chatter, and and it gave something it. for the talking heads on all the ESPN morning shows to talk about. I'm I'm Iowa State of a, four, a, Mississippi. State I understand how this shit works, but I mean this is it's embarrassing. I don't think they're embarrassed Te- one bit. Texas. How 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 many ten win seasons has Texas had in the last decade, Brennan? Zero. Thank you. Number twelve team. They haven't had a season with less than four losses since. Well, how many times have they? Boy got injured in the two thousand and nine <laughs> national championship. How many times have they won the Valero Alamo Bowl since then, though? At least That's the four. real question. <laughs> and how many times has Texas been back each time they win the Valero Alamo Bowl? Every time. Joe Jass, man. That's a trick question. Texas is back every time. They carried Charlie Strong off the field in 2016. Texas oh back. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It did. 
my God. I just, I guess, well, here's my thing. And this is why I get fired up about it. Alabama's number one, Oklahoma's number two, and Clemson's number three, right? And those are teams that have made the playoffs with pretty good regularity. Ohio State's number five. Okay, which which I understand they needed to the Ohio the Iowa State ones the the one is the clickbait on this and Ohio State's still that top five team, um, and they're turning over a lot you know Justin Fields gone and they're they're losing a lot of pieces they are bringing wide receivers back but whatever, um, I think what gets me about all of these listicles and random ass rankings is the absolute utter disrespect in the complete fact that you can set a watch to the fact that Notre Dame will be outside the top 10. You see it with AP voters um, after the 2019 season. You see it with preseason polls for whatever reason. 11 is the number. Cannot stomach to put and it's it's hatred. I, I can't describe it as any other thing. There there has to be bias why it always has to be 11. It's in that 11 to 15 range. So Despite I think the fact that Notre Dame has proven to be better than that. I actually think that this year, the pre Notre Dame's preseason rankings probably going to be falling around from AP and coaches poll is kind of somewhere like six or seven. Whoa. I think with that, I don't I think, know. I think, I mean, I just think that's, that's where the voters are going to put them at. I think about six or seven. Oh, I, I definitely think disagree. Voters are gonna, yeah, I don't know, man. I think the voters so, are going to say Ian Book's gone, Notre Dame, number 11. Now, now look, look I, Phil Steele already put his out. And he's been – Was it I'll go, was it his blow, or was it his projected AP? It's his projection of what the of what the voters are going to do. Well, so the thing I just told you my, okay. my, is the same thing Phil said, and he's done a pretty good job of predicting those. He's done a really as good much job. Shit as, I, as much shit as I blow Phil Steele, he does a really good job of that. Uh, I don't know where that's at on it. At least he updated his website. Um, but I know Notre Dame is inside the top uh, top 10 on his on his uh, projected AP and coaches poll rankings. OK, and I, I, I want to say it's like around seven. I think I mean, I think it is seven. Uh, fucking someone someone had to clickbait. Having a top 10, having a top 10 preseason ranking is here's the the fact of the matter. Having a top 10 preseason ranking is something that you can put in a media guide. And it's something that that you can sell to recruits going into the season. So and we, we've had debates about end of year top 10s. Uh, famously, you and Jude had a blow up in 2019 postseason. His projected. OK, so Phil Steele's 2021 projected AP top 10. One six. Alabama. What's that? That's correct. Yeah. All right. That, one, one Alabama. Yep. That's good. Two, two Clemson. Yep. Three Georgia. Okay. Four Oklahoma. Five yep. Ohio State. Yep. Six Texas A&M. Seven Oof. Notre Dame. Okay. Eight North Carolina. Nine Iowa State. And ten Cincinnati. That's where Steele projects the AP to have their their top ten. I can't argue with that a whole lot. That's. I think I that's what they're going to do, too. That's what I'm saying. So you I know think what? Notre Dame. <laughs> that just uh, reminded me looking at this uh, this thing here. Cincinnati's not even on this list, which is probably when they play Cincinnati, it's going to be a top 10 matchup between Notre Dame and Cincinnati. This FPI doesn't even have Cincinnati in the top 25. <laughs> they have oh, seven you big fools. 12 teams, Look, and they don't even have. We had to, have, have we had to make room for, for Texas Tech, right? 
Texas Tech at 21, West Virginia at 24, Old Miss at 22, uh, but couldn't couldn't make way for for a Cincinnati team that looks I mean, like it's going to stomp. They got LSU, who's got a lot of shit going on at 18. Yeah, I mean, who's their quarterback? On the field, off the field, there's some shit going down in Baton Rouge. Yeah, that might be the program struggling for the next few years, regardless of talent, because there might, I mean, there might be some. LSU's got a huge question mark. I mean, they could just be lights out, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I, yeah, I'm, look, Ogeron is not the coach that you would think has won a national championship. So, and we all know that. We all knew that going in. And that's why no one talks about him like in that light. Right. So now that there's like some real stuff going on, we saw it on the field last year. And then real stuff going on off the field. I think LSU is going to have some problems, but it is. Oh my God. You got, you got fucking Miami at 20. Where's Cincinnati? Come on. Yeah. I don't know. You got a bunch of teams that ended up finishing the season, multiple games under 500. And I know last year was kind of a wonky season with COVID and everything, but like, I don't know, man. You, why are both Mississippi schools on there? When why is every single team in the SEC West except for um, Arkansas ranked in this top twenty-five? Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State—all of them ranked in the top twenty-five. And you couldn't find a place for Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's uh, it it baffles me, and um, I think it's the fact that they all play each other, and the the computers like it when they play tough games against each other, and it just I don't know. It's um, at least itself. So here's oh oh that's twenty. We're in 2021, not 2022. Okay, let me dial it back here. Because a, a shocker to me, and it's not to anybody else. Like everyone, everyone seems sold on North Carolina being some incredible team. Yeah. And I know this this is gonna because Mac Brown something. Jude's gonna love this. <laughs> so this is North Carolina's schedule September through up to their bye week, which is the week before they put they come up to South Bend. Surprise, surprise, bye week. Uh, so they go, they start the season at Virginia Tech. Then they play Georgia State, Virginia, at Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida State, Miami. Bye week, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Pitt, Walford. Because, you know, Walford. You, I get that Walford in there. Uh, and then NC State to finish it off. They have them, they're going to be highly ranked in the top 10 probably when the season starts. Oh, easily, yeah. So, what kind of if Notre Dame's seven and they're what? What did I just say about the whatever? Yeah, Phil, whatever, Phil, Phil still said seven. Yeah, yeah. So and North we're Carolina talking be eight. Late October, late October. Kindy, are we still expecting North, North Carolina to be undefeated? No, I don't think so. Now Notre Dame just just even so Notre Dame plays Florida State, at Florida State, Toledo, Purdue, 
Wisconsin and Chicago, Cincinnati at home, yep. at Virginia Tech, yep. bye week, USC at home, and then unranked USC, by the way, who didn't get ranked in this, uh, the five and yeah. one USC didn't get ranked, which I thought was, uh, I was going to let it slide, uh, just a, a slight to not mentioning them, but uh, also not ranked. And also inaccurate. It, it'll be inaccurate by that. I mean, like, yeah. uh, you, God, I mean, it's just, you're lining up some pretty big games inside Notre Dame Stadium if it holds up the way we think it might hold up. Like, all, I mean, USC might have a little bit, they might have some problems. Though. They, have, they play San Jose State, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State, Colorado, Utah, and then a bye week, go figure, before Notre Dame. Yeah, both teams got the bye, which... But I guess what I'm saying is by the time the end of October rolls around, I mean, you could see a, a fucking 2-3 matchup, Notre Dame, North Carolina. That's insane. That's stupid. Because, number one, I don't think North Carolina <laughs> makes it this out then undefeated. Like, what? I mean, what? I mean, everybody's go- leaving. There's no one left in North Carolina except for the fucking... Uh, What's his nuts? The quarterback, right? Their defense uh, returned some pieces, but um, I don't think is Chaz Surratt gone too. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, last running back in the room turned. uh, Their their uh, dynamic uh, Deami Brown is he coming back? No. So they're losing their best. He's like one of the top. Yeah, he's one of the top receivers in the draft. Like you lost all your weapons, just like you lost them. Before the bowl game against Texas A&M. Um, well, I I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the recruiting operation that North Carolina <laughs> is running in Chapel Hill is something probably, and frankly, Brian Kelly should. It's a blueprint for success, and Brian Kelly should emulate it. Jude, you took the words right out. Where did you did you come up with that, Jude? Uh, no, I want to give credit to uh, to our Lord and Savior Ryan. What's his name? Ryan Palmieri. Uh, Ryan okay. Pimento. Okay. Yeah. Pimento. Pimento cheese sandwich. I had one of those too. Oh, but, hey, very timely. It is Masters Week after all. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just that that's North Carolina is such a stretch to me, man. That I just I don't like. Them being in the actual AP top 10 seems as fucked up to me as Iowa State being four in the FPI. Like, it's just, I know you love a quarterback, but God damn, you need something else, too. Well, you really do. It's not that much of a stretch, because um, if you recall, North Carolina was a top 10 team last year. You remember that? Well, I do for a hot minute. Yeah, they were they were they were a top ten team last year. Dude, um, North, Carolina, they played, North Carolina uh, actually they were ranked number five. They moved up in the playoff rankings, I believe, after they lost Notre Dame. Yeah, well, right? they were ranked they were ranked number five at one point. Do, do you do you recall what ha- what uh, what happened when they were ranked number five? Oh, that um, trash Florida State team. <laughs> And they lost thirty-one to twenty-eight to a trash Florida State team, and that and it was a lot. There was a lot bigger gap than the thirty-one twenty-eight for a while. Yeah, it was like thirty-one to nothing at yeah. one point, or something like that. Yeah. 
college football never Love makes it. sense. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I saw. I just what? saw that Olive Garden was trending on Twitter, and I thought maybe that uh, Brendan was involved in that. You know, when now, you hear your family. Now Greg's got, Greg's got Michael in on this shit now. Blowing me up for breadsticks. Cutting pasta with scissors. Oh my God. I got a, uh, I got a coupon in the mail today for a um, kids eat free at Fazoli's. And I thought about mailing it to you because I have your address. So I didn't, uh, I didn't post it, but I made some Tuscan chicken tonight. And I was just about ready to send it, and then I realized Jack Nickel decommitted, so I, I figured I better jump on that first. But I have I I made a sweet a really good Tuscan chicken tonight. But all I was thinking about was like, you know how much better this is than Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, I they're in my fucking head. If I'm sitting there thinking about Olive Garden while I'm making a beautiful meal, the, you fuckers got it in my head. Sad state. I was all. Hey, I was also thinking we're gonna do a. Um, this summer we're gonna do an episode of just college football with Notre Dame. So I can't be I'm not, I'm on that. I I had some working titles that I won't give away right now, but I there just a, a fair warning uh, to the listeners out there. There will be a non Notre Dame college football episode uh, because there's just so much goodness that we don't get to talk about. Uh, because of our you know, three-hour time constraint. Uh, that, Is constraint the right word? Uh, what's the opposite of constraint? Free-for-all? Uh, but yeah, we're going to do one for sure, because that's uh, there's too much going on. It has to be has to be said. Um, one, one last small thing before we get to our rank everything is I saw... Um, that the NCAA is considering dumping the Nick Saban rule. Uh, quick refresher. The Nick Saban rule is also known as the bump rule, which is makes it illegal to just like bump into a recruit while you're on camp on the high school campus and say, hi, which is exactly what Notre Dame is in fucking trouble for, for the NCAA. Now they're looking at dropping that, that rule and Notre Dame's on probation or whatever it is, is for it now. How uh, how timeless? How dare you, Josh? Say, I was told there ain't Josh. I was told there were, there ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. So can you please call uh, clarify that for I, me? I think the the origin story of that might have gone down the drain, like the toilet drain. Maybe they don't mind so much shoot the grinding; it's the bump. <laughs> They should they should buy the grind, but <laughs> maybe. I mean, depends on um, what kind of grind, right? Oh my gosh, oh, we we, d- we definitely want our recruiters to be out there on the grind, right? But not yeah, actually we want grinding. them to be grinding, but not but not bumping. but not grinding so, on on other children. <laughs> God no, God no. <laughs> I uh, Jesus. So I, uh, I while I was thinking about that, I I read that almost right after uh, June when you told us that uh, that. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Because of sanctions or possible... <laughs> you know. uh, that's uh, not public take, information, come but... Take, come take, come take, come take... <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> cut the mic, cut the mic, cut the mic. Then I just want to move on. <laughs> so, here don't we are with Rick Everett. Hey, hey, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to let you get away. What I'm saying is. Without talking about the big is, news of the day. And that's that Boston College signed an apparel deal, Josh. I was getting to that. I, 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 I was doing a backwards oh, lead, lead into the top five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, like we're gonna write everything, but we need to give you some uh, some background, some deep background on wh- wh- why our rankings are. Anyways, you fucking you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> so let, let's just let's just uh, let's just trash uh, BC real quick. It was announced today that Boston College would be dumping Under Armour for New Balance. Now, a couple of quick things. I believe that they're still going to be outfitted uniforms outfitted by Under Armour, but their foot gear is going to be New Balance. It's <laughs> even worse. Which is makes it even worse. But the, but also New Balance is a like very New England is a Boston company, so there's like de- there's like a deal in there with like them being able to use New Balance's facilities. Uh, this is a very this reeks of Yukon and Aeropastel. Um, I mean, when you when you when, there's a state that separates uh, just okay. All right, fuck New England. I mean, what the what the hell? So, God, I can't think of anything more dad than having Under Armour. Pants and shirt and fucking New Balance shoes. Imagine, imagine you're Phil Jerkovic and you transfer from Notre Dame, right? And you're like, I'm gonna go. I, I want to get my shot to be a starter. And like, you you start a season at Boston College, and it was like a shitty COVID season. And you could have just like hung around Notre Dame, whatever. But now you're gonna be the starter moving forward. And they're like, Listen, Phil, you're gonna be the face of new balance shoes. How excited do you think he is? Except he's not wearing new balance, right? He, he's going to be wearing new balance. It's shoes. The lar- yeah. No, it says the largest financial footwear and apparel agreement. Boston college athletics history gives new balance the right to provide uniforms, apparel and footwear for 30 of 
BC's 31 varsity sports. Guess which is the 31st varsity sport? If football's excluded from this from this agreement. But no, so but that's that's the uniform thing, though, Jude. The, from what what I read, the footwear is still going to be New Balance. So they're still going to be wearing foot New Balance cleats, complete yes. with grass stains. God, I would need. I wish I could find. I what I from what I read earlier today, that was the that was the thing. I mean, I'm reading it right from Boston BCEagles.com. I mean, I feel like that's pretty. But what is, does it say? Footwear? What does it specifically say? The thing about the footwear. That's 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 the interesting point. I mean, it's so embarrassing that BC Interruption does not have it on their website. Oh no, no there that's it is. Not, that's not true. It's definitely on their website. Is. No, I see it. I see. They put the. I just couldn't tell because the stupid eagle. Uh, let me see here. Women's basketball coach Joanna Bernabe McEnany. Man, she's got a long last name. McEnany pointed to the high quality and comfort of New Balance sneakers and casual wear. Mm-hmm. I like the use of casual wear. I love. I love they're getting the quotes. I mean, Notre Dame had a deal with Adidas for footwear and apparel before they before they jettisoned the champion uniforms. At the end of the champion contract, the champion was doing uniforms, right. and then the the um, apparel was all Adidas, if I recall correctly. So if you're if you're New Balance, you want you need football. Right, you need football. I mean, I I think it's a ball. I think it's a hell of a move on. Well, as I'll tell you what they they have. uh, I'm I'm reading BC interrupted uh, interruption here, and it says basically that they have a well established hockey brand that's a subsidiary of New Balance called Warrior, and so yeah. See, they went after hockey schools first. I was going to say BC hockey is a New Balance school. Yeah, Denver is a New Balance school and and, and lacrosse too because Warrior. Maine. Warriors lacrosse. So Denver has lacrosse as well. Yeah, lacrosse, heavy lacrosse uh, hockey schools. So because Notre Dame is a lacrosse school, can we expect Notre Dame to now go all in on New Balance? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, how long does the, the uh, Under Armour deal last for? Uh, I think it comes up in 2024. Yeah, I think so. I think they signed it in 14 and it was a 10 year deal. So maybe yeah, 23, that, 24. That feels I think right. That, that so, well, yeah, I think 23 would be a year we would, if we would see any difference or, you know, if they were going to announce any change. And Notre Dame is a baseball slash lacrosse team as they have a top 10 baseball. But I, you know what? To be honest yeah, with you, I'm not sure New Balance has the, has the capital to, to make a deal with Notre Dame. I mean, if they're giving no. if they're giving Boston College forty five million over ten years, like Notre Dame is definitely no. going to want a lot more than forty five. Yeah, forty five over ten years is no. Uh, but what they're doing, yeah, but they got the dad market cornered. And Boston College. I mean, what they're doing here though is starting is getting their toe in because there are a lot of there are a lot of Under Armour schools that are unhappy with Under Armour right now. UCLA and Under and Under Armour is in financial distress. You know, they got some problems, so they've been yep. dumping. You know, they dumped UCLA. So New Balance getting the foot in is a, you know, it's maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's not risky for them. Maybe, but maybe it is. It's just not a one, 
Well, I'll tell you what, if, 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 I was new, if I was New Balance based in Boston and I just got agreements with Boston College and Maine, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good about where I'm starting, right? I saw Under Armour started with Maryland. Right. I mean, Here's the thing, though, is I think probably what happened is that New Balance made overtures toward Notre Dame, but Boston <laughs> College was kind of their safety school, and they just like <laughs> fell back on them, and then they were like, okay. Like, like a backup college? Well, no, so, no, no. A safety college. Oh. So there is nothing coming straight from uh, from Boston. You're right, Joe. You're right here. There's nothing about, but there's nothing about football. It doesn't say one way or another here, and there's, but they make no mention of it at all. So I would, I would have to lean back to what you. I would have to lean back to that man. I don't know. I God damn it! I wish I knew where I remember where I saw that because I I did read something about apparel, football and apparel, being this being Under Armour. So maybe I need to include apparel as far as shoes as well. But I think that would have been said separate. I don't know. If you're Under Armour, I'm not sure how much. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure how much you want to just uh, be associated, right? As sort of like the side piece to Under Armour's uh, or to New Balance's, um, I guess, now dominance of the Boston College. uh, Did Boston College hire a basketball? They did. Okay, here we go. Because I was looking for for their head basketball coach, and I was like, did they hire a new one yet? They did. Okay. I guess I never really realized how much Boston College and Minnesota's colors look so similar. I'm looking at these New Balance shoes with the Boston College colors, and I'm like, wow, Minnesota kids would look really good in these New Balances. <laughs> and and the end kind of looks like a Minnesota North Star, so I, maybe that's what's reminding me of it. You know, what I love on the on the bottom of this uh, BCEagles.com article about it uh, has who these, did uh, who has did listed sponsors. Was it yeah, Rick sponsors? Uh, Coca-Cola, McGovern, Boston Scientific, Newton Wellesley Hospital, and Under Armour. <laughs> did uh, did Boston College Rick Kuhn to be their their head coach? Who of course was the uh, the guy who was part of that like seventy nine point shaving scandal for the the basketball team? Oh, that's right. <laughs> That was a deep and, and this this is one for Philip, and I don't know if he's going to be listening. But uh, do you know who the 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 final straw was for it that broke the the back um, of the the Goodfellas uh, led Boston College paint point? It was Holy Cross. Go Staters! Yeah. Hey, Holy Cross playing for the Patriot League title, right? I'm excited. Man, did man, they really don't have a whole lot to say about it? I, BC fans are awfully quiet today. I would be too if my <laughs> if my school announced that they signed an apparel deal with maybe the largest running joke of dad apparel of 40, 50, not even 40, 50, like we're talking like boomer dad apparel 
right? Like has an entire bookshelf dedicated to the Battle of Antietam style, like only eats their steak well done with ketchup dad apparel wearer like goes to the store and buys three pairs of new balance because they like the fit dad apparel uh new balance yeah i I just i would be i would be mortified okay and embarrassed so here so so here it is here it is in black and white with football not being a part of this deal we will see where bc lands sbj notes and that was sports business journal was the one that that have the story about it. Yeah. Uh, SPJ notes that football uniforms could theoretically come from elsewhere and be branded as New Balance. But there are also rumors BC could sign a football specific deal with a company like Adidas. Yeah, Under Armour ain't fucking sticking around for the one sport. No, they're not going to be a side piece. They're out. New Balance. Yeah. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha. Who was it? Who was it that was it? Uh, it was Russell Athletic. They're gonna have, was, uh, listen, they're going to have these like Marshall knock Marshall's knockoff uniforms. <laughs> they're just going to wear last year's uniforms. I God, I really hope they put the New Balance patch on them. Fucking please, please. <laughs> they did. Look at my Twitter timeline at Very Piety. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, you got some BC fans. I mean, a lot of BC fans are, they're pumped. They say good. Never liked Under Armour. Buy Under Armour other than the red bandana game. Football jerseys and hockey gold jerseys. Wasn't impressed. Uh, At least when we stink in conference and play for basketball, we'll look better doing it. Uh, Reebok. If BC is going to go all local, they should sign their football deal with Reebok again. I didn't realize Reebok was local in New England. Yeah, I didn't. Uh. Why don't they do BK Knights? Remember BK Knights uh, from oh, all the yeah. yeah British well, Knights. Yeah. What about LA Gear? Why isn't UCLA? LA Gear. Oh, what if their and shoes USC lit up? USC all locked up in LA Gear. What if their shoes lit up when they? Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I mean, bring Pony back. I mean, I think I I probably could make a fan out of my six year old if their shoes lit lit up. Hey, I mean, if Notre Dame doesn't work through, your six year old has at least an option to have light up shoes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I this is just it's a it's God, how much fun is this gonna be? Well, let's make it more fun. Josh, what's your top five list that you have suggested for tonight? Oh yeah. So our top five for tonight, to finish out the night here, our top five things to do in a pair of new balances. Jude. Start with you, buddy. Top five things to do in a pair of New Balances. Okay. I, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I didn't rank them, but here, here's what I got. Um, no particular order, maybe number five. Uh, you know that one piece of equipment that you have that just edges the uh, the lawn? Um, yes. Just called an edger? Yeah, just an edger, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ed- edging your lawn is uh, something that I would see somebody doing in a new balance. Uh, Cutting back the branches that get too close to the house. That seems like a new balance uh, thing you do in a new balance attire. Uh, Jumping on the stair stepper at the gym. I don't know anybody who uses that stair stepper except for 
guys of a certain age. <laughs> um, have no experience grilling, but comment on the job the grill master is doing anyways. Oh boy. Yep. And uh, run a three, uh, run a five k put on by your local YMCA. Maybe a color run. <laughs> I was thinking like a turkey trot. Um, oh, turkey but, trot color run. Yeah, it's all yeah, the same those, those sort of idea. Good. Yeah. Those are my five. All right. I uh. <laughs> this is a stupendous list. Um, I'll go next to uh, just because I know Josh likes to to bring up the rear with it. Um, I think in I, in your I New Balance, feel like I'm gonna undersell it tonight. But go ahead. Uh, you got to make the return trip to Home Depot because the first trip to Home <laughs> Depot you didn't get what you needed. So you wear your New Balance back to the Home Depot to get what you forgot. Um, obviously, you clean your gutters. And your new balance. Oh, you uh, You know, I clean also thought of clean your gutters. You fucked her. That's funny. <laughs> I um, see. I have to, on the fly now. I have to change what? Not one, but two. <laughs> but two of them. Um, here's another thing you do in your new balance. Um, you buy your next two pair of new balances because you, you like the pair of new balance that you're wearing so much that you went back to Walmart to buy two more of them. Um, that way y- you have them. Um, you overcook your frozen burger patties on the grill and your new balance sneakers, <laughs> your bubble burgers, right? You, you bust, set the grill on fire. I feel like our, our, our guys are, are, uh, in the same vicinity as each other, right? Yeah. The guy, probably, the, the guy who definitely comments on other people's grilling sucks at grilling himself. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> overcooking that frozen burger patty. Hey, don't you, don't you think you want to smash those burgers into that grill? Get the little, get the juice out of there. Um, and then you're absolutely in your grass-stained New Balance tunes. Um, you're washing your own car. Oh yeah, you right? fuck you're washing your own car. Is that one you put to? <laughs> Continue. Uh, that's my five, man. Also, teaching, trying to teach the neighborhood, the the neighbor to change his own oil, like the 16 year old kid, like, hey, kid, come over here. I'll, t- I'll teach you how to change your own oil. You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I better get to mine before more spew out of mouse. And now these are more on the fly than probably any list I've ever put together. Ever. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Uh, so. He is going to uh, he's going to go up to Menards because he's in search of a certain size washer uh, and <laughs> spends, an hour, spends an hour in the aisle uh, looking at round metal pieces. Uh, number two, no one mentioned the most obvious. He's going to mow, man. That's that, that guy's a mower. mower. He yeah. is a mower uh, and Which proud mower. of it. Uh, and he is very much a, a line keeper. Uh, the lines must be perfection, must be straight. Uh, otherwise, he has a bad, bad day. Uh, number three, he is going to get the pool ready for everyone to use, but never get in the pool. He, he is going to be in charge of the chemicals, the pool pump, cleaning it, taking care of it, talk about it. He's going to tell his neighbor about it, but never get into the actual pool itself because that would require him to take off his new balances 
while he's outside, and that is a big no-no. Uh, number four, uh, vacuum the car. But not only is he vacuuming the car, but he's got the speakers on blast listening to some REO Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. And number five, this New Balance where believes that there was massive voter fraud in the 2020 <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, very much in the queue. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say until then. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is a very specific person. All five of these, I mean, all these lists, this, you, we all know several of these individuals. It's it's like anybody over the age of 55, right? Is the guy in the New Balance kicks? Uh, I, yes, because, like, look, it is, a, it is the trendy thing just to go blow a few bucks on a pair of kicks to be really ironic about wearing them, to be fun. There's a lot of TikToks out there of a group of guys, like, going to the zoo with their jean shorts and very freshly white new balances with the, uh, you know, with the gap socks, the whole deal. Uh, so yeah, it's very specific person in real life. 55 up. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad was the prototypical jean short wearing, uh, calf gold toe sock, uh, new balance wearer. Mm. Is your dad's name Jim? I feel there's a, got a lot of guys named Jim. <laughs> his uh, his brother's name wear... is Jim, who I imagine probably did, but he's he's a Sean. Okay, well, that's a there's a lot there's a lot more leeway with a Sean, but a Jim, a Mike, a Bob, not a Bobby, a Bob. He, he was exclusively the the Nike Monarch in the uh, the New Balance ah. uh, growing up, which it's the same sort of. Uh, the same sort of jam. I mean, it is basically the middle-aged white male's version of the Air Force One. Yes. Yeah. Can't. Uh, just like um, get. I need two pers. Give me two pers. Get to stomping in my <laughs> monarch ones. <laughs> oh God! You don't. It's. How funny is that? I mean, that New Balance makes a lot of different shoes. Like if you go, yeah. go they like they have a fucking wide variety, and they are a lot. A lot of them are really nice. They're comfortable. They are legit running running shoes. They brand. have. Yeah, they're a good brand. But you have to wonder about this. Like this has just got to be one of their biggest money makers, and like one of their best brand parts. Or do you think that they're like? They're just like, it's like the, uh, oh, it's just like the kid you can't get out of the house. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder how they actually feel about about these shoes. Uh, it's, it's sort of like, um, yeah, it's like, like on the one hand, they're sort of like, oh, like they don't want to look at it because it's like, oh man, this is embarrassing. Everybody's making fun of us. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but we're making all of this money, so we can't say anything. It's sort of like China's relationship or uh, the NBA's relationship with China. We're like, oh man, China's making us all this money, so we can't say anything about them. But like, (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I've never owned a, a pair of New Balance. I haven't either. My, I, I, you, have you owned but I used New to Balance? Buy, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you use your New Balance? Whoa, 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 so walk me through your New Balance experience, Jude. Um, I feel like I I live exactly like where 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 I was making fun of, which is when my when my shoes get old and nasty, then they become the 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 New Balances become the uh, the lawn shoes. So are but you a, are you a, look? I don't put a lot. Are you a, a primary? Like, are you primarily a New Balance wear? Is that your no. like, is that? Like, um, actually, <laughs> and this is going to make, make me sound even worse, but I don't care. Uh, I like to go to, to pay less when they had the, the two for one sale and get a pair, a couple pairs of champion, uh, sneakers because you can ride those out. You, you can ride those out for a while and they're like 10 bucks and, and you know, I don't know. It, it works for me. That's the boomer, boomer est thing that's ever been uttered on this podcast. Dude, and I love it. <laughs> Possibly like that's two for one. Now, Brendan, I've thought I've heard you say before, and, and this brand is very similar in nature, but Asics. Now, Asics yes. is a brand that is, has some very, very high quality running shoes, but they are also very synonymous with Kohl's. I only and, buy the Onizuka ASIC, which is the Japanese uh, subsidiary of the ASIC, sort of like the uh, Mazda of, um, uh, you know, instead of getting the Ford Fiesta, I'm getting the Mazda 2. Um, yeah, I get the the Onizuka uh, Asic running shoe. Well, I feel like Asics are like more of like that New Balance feel. Oh, in our neck of the woods. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Like I've seen yeah. my pops order um, two or three pairs of yeah. Asic shoes off Amazon. And then, you know, the other two sit in his closet uh, until he's ready to swap them in. And then he buys new shoes because he forgets that the old shoes are in his closet. Next thing you know, it's like a goddamn episode of Hoarders with all of the white and black <laughs> plain tennis shoes that he has in his closet. Uh, Melvin yeah, Marcos I, is calling. And now, see, I like South African. You know, I had you know, Asics. Or and South those American, really were uh, literally my dictator's best. wives are very upset. I think she's from the Philippines, but is she in the Philippines? <laughs> yeah, I feel like she was, but never mind. <laughs> no, I I had a pair of Asics, and that turned into be my best lawn shoe ever. Uh, in fact, I was on a second pair of shoestrings. I actually think the Asic, the the standard go to Asic for the um, boomer father is the black Asic, the black on black, where the Asic logo these and the uh, these were black on silver. Or black on yeah, gray. see, it's the black, and that—that's what sets the um, the New Balance apart. Is it's the white, so you earn your stripes grass via stains. the grass stains. It's almost like a, a status a status symbol. It's like how how grass stained can your New Balance? Be? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's been many. There's many a TikToks, and there, like I said, there's the there's the young people that are making you know making fun and having fun with it. But then there's the ones that are like, let me show you my dad's shoes. And it'll be like there was one that was just I was just rolling. I bet there was eight pairs of New Balances, same exact ones, and her dad had them lined up from whitest to dirtiest <laughs> in like the mudroom of their house, and that's like mm-hmm. how he keeps them. Like 
Like it was, it was amazing. Like, yeah, this is how my dad, this is where my dad keeps his shoes. And they were all new balances. And I'm telling you, here's the white he's going out in the town with, with Ethel that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whitest white pair all the way down to the, he's in the middle of a swap. I mean, you, it, you bring up an interesting, you bring up an interesting point though. And that's like, we dunk on boomers for wearing them, but like zoomers, the, the Gen Z, like they brought back mom jeans, which you wouldn't have caught anyone my age, uh, a, a, a lady well, and my age. And they're going after moms for wearing skinny jeans. Right. And the like side part and stuff. Yeah. So, so I, are Zoomers going to like ironically but unironically bring back? There's going to be like that, that uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers like – arms clasping together of boomers and zoomers coming together for their love of new balance shoes and mom jeans. I don't know. I don't think that mom jean thing is going to last. As long as they, as long as they never embrace socks with sandals, I think I'll be okay. That is a very Ann Arbor. That's still going on. Birkenstocks and socks is Birkenstocks and socks. Yep. That is Ann Arbor to, to the backs. Just don't get it. I would I would be lying. Or I, or, have I mean, or, or, or Dachs and Socks. Dachs I have a picture of my father on my phone leaving my daughter's birthday party last year wearing socks and Birkenstocks. <laughs> I, I've never owned a pair of Birkenstocks. They're they're delightful, but they 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 take some breaking in. But I don't. Uh. I've never owned a pair of Crocs. I've never owned a pair of Crocs but I, either. But, but I, I know some boomers who fucking swear by them. Oh my! And I know nurse Crocs for our whole, whole family. She'd buy them for me if I if wasn't I wasn't specific about saying I don't want them. Oh my god! I yeah, there there's just no way. There just isn't I mean, anyway. Here's here's the only thing I think Crocs are worth it. If you're a kayaker and you literally don't know how to figure out how to get yourself from the beach into the water and the push off of your kayak, that's the only time they I make, think Crocs make sense. They make aqua socks that are better looking than Crocs. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not saying you should buy <laughs> a whole, no. you should buy a whole pair of shoes for the three seconds that you <laughs> spend on this, maybe per week per summer, right? Well, no, I mean I go canoeing a, a lot. And so I actually, I got a pair. I think they're Merrell's. I don't know what the fuck they are. Uh, they're like a Merrill's outdoor. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They're outdoorsy. Yeah, like Merrell makes like my, my winter boots. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, quality. They're, they're nice. Uh, the, I broke them in hiking down in Hocking Hills. Uh, and that was a big mistake. Uh, cause my feet were fucking raw. But, af- <laughs> but after that, uh, treacherous weekend down there, I, they, or comfortable as hell. In fact, they were my mowing shoe for a while. I don't know where that, my wife hates them. She might've thrown them in the trash. I, I haven't my seen them. Yeah. My wife throwing away my shoes. Ugh. Well, gentlemen, we've come to the end of the road. God, we just, we made two hours out of nothing. Just absolutely two hours out of nothing. It's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Last thoughts tonight. Jude, start her off. Uh, two things. One not so serious and one pretty serious. Um, the not so serious thing was that 
uh, I had some, some dad life stuff that went on this weekend. And so I didn't get a chance to write up the, the big Notre Dame women's lacrosse game against UNC, but, uh, they, they fought valiantly, uh, to lose by one goal. It was, it was heartbreaking, but there was a lot to be thankful for in terms of, of, of that game. Uh, the way that they played and were competitive against a team that I honestly believe is is number one by a far margin. The difference between number one and number two is, is pretty vast in, in women's lacrosse this year. The ACC is, is legit, and I think uh, Notre Dame is a legit contender despite losing now three times in the ACC. So uh, I'll be continuing to watch them, and they, they play a doubleheader against BC this weekend. Uh, BC also in the top five. So uh, let's see what they, could, what they can do with that. The second is a, sort of a non-update on Brandon uh, Hoyt, which is I don't know what I'm I'm at liberty to say, but but basically the situation is is not very good right now. And so uh, we appreciate so much everybody who donated, who who has prayed for him, uh, who has you know given their time and their effort and their energy. Um, I, I just I I I if you care about Brandon Hoyt or you care about our student athletes. Just say another couple of prayers for Brandon um, because uh, he's in a bad spot right now. And um, and I hope hopefully I'll be able to say more and hopefully I'll have something better to say and, you know, a day or two. But um, I just I just want you guys to keep him on the forefront of your mind because we're, we're definitely uh, still committed to trying to, to help him um, have a, achieve a better outcome for his life. So. I'm sorry I'm being no. vague about it, but I'm just, I'm not sure what I'm, no. I'm able to say. So just, no, you're, you've, no, I, I respect you, Jude, because throughout this whole thing, you have been very respectful of the family and of Brent and of Brandon about what you've said and what you haven't said. So that's absolutely fine. People just, people don't need to know if you're, if you're a religious person and you pray, you already know that you don't need to know the specifics. So people don't know, need to know the specifics right now. That's fine. Just if you were a prayer person, do it. Go ahead, yeah, really hit, could, it, really hit really him up, hit though. the big guy up, let him let him know, and uh, it'll get there. Did somebody call you the Debbie Downer of this podcast? <laughs> no, I am. I always feel like I am. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's all right. You, you bring in the info, Brendan, what are you, uh, what are you leaving with us tonight? Man, I don't have a whole lot other than, uh, two things. One, um, for the first time in forever. No, um, not going to use that. I'm not going to use the frozen line <laughs> for the first time in forever. Uh, but we got, not a fake spring, not a false spring. We got an honest to God. Fantastic. It is April 14th and we got a legitimately great spring. Everybody get your cardio in, get ready because football season's going to be here soon. And um, we're going to get to watch the spring game on the Peacock Network app. Right. It's an app. It's not, <laughs> it's not a network. Uh, we're going to get to watch the spring game on the Peacock Network app. And season not too far away. And we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to do here. But I got a feeling that uh, 
we're going to be having some fun here um, moving forward. And the closer we get this warm weather, I just cannot help but to start thinking towards the fall, <laughs> skipping over the entire summer. Uh, even though the Tigers won tonight, and I don't get to watch any of the games because Sinclair Network or Sinclair Broadcasting sucks. But um, uh, Major League Baseball sucks. Major League like they don't want their suck. they don't want their products. Uh, they don't want people to watch. So I don't, don't want, I don't do I don't do baseball at all. But like, can you do like MLB TV with like a VPN and get whatever game you want? Yeah, if I if I wanted to do that, but I I can't do that with my TV because I, I do you want to do it with your TV? I want to do it with my TV. And it won't so let me, but you could do it with a smart TV, right? You just don't want to pay for MLB TV. Is that the problem? Um, yeah, I, you I don't have want, to. You shouldn't you should fucking have to. to. I want. That's I, the point. I, I, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm not advocating for any position about. I'm certainly not defending any cable company. <laughs> I think they're all terrible people. So let um, me let me tell you about living in Hicksville, Ohio. Okay, as a Detroit Tigers fan. Yeah, it, w- it was great for a while. Because the cable company in this town carried Fox Sports Detroit, and I got every single fucking Tiger game there was, except for the White Sox. I would have to go if it was on WGN, then I could watch that. Other than that, that was they blacked it out for that. But Hicksville, Ohio, get ready for this. Their home markets are Cincinnati, Detroit. Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. I ba- I can't watch anything. They <laughs> fucking they they have they have absolutely screwed my fandom for the time. I mean, and I mean, I used to listen to a lot of Tiger games on the radio. I think before I had kids. Uh, now it's just that doesn't happen as much. But what I'm saying is, is like I can't I can't sit down and watch a game like I used to. And this this is a baseball problem where they completely fuck your, the fans. Right. You can't watch your team. There is no expansion of a fan unless you want to be a Yankees and Red Sox fan living in fucking Illinois. You're screwed. Or the Cubs on WG. I mean, it's so it's so you're more likely to get a Tampa Bay Rays game than you are to get a Cincinnati Reds game. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like I used to have the MLB package. And now I watch on the computer and I split it with a friend of mine and he was a Dodgers fan and he loved the whole deal because every dot, he saw every fucking Dodgers game. Detroit is blacked out half the time. Is even, even paying for it. It's what the hell it was. It's an absolute joke nightmare. And baseball never, baseball is just one of the, the worst run league in sports. Yeah. It's worse run the NHL. Well, I don't want to go that far, though. The NHL is finally going to be on um, uh, ESPN. So maybe ESPN will start covering the sport again, which will be nice. Uh, which would be nice. Bring Gary Thorne back, which would be which would be cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I the NHL before the, the last strike. Yeah, the, the <sighs> 2001 or the 2003 lockout strike. Yeah, yeah. that was. That, that that killed it. Be lucky tonight. The top five was actually going to be, give me your top five football uniforms based off of NHL teams. Was the actual one before the New Balance news today? Uh, well, I picked Marshall because it looks vaguely like my favorite NHL uniform, no, no. the Hartford Whalers. Well, you'd have to. The, the pick would have to be 
the Whalers as a football uniform. Like so, like the Red Wings, right? Would be a red uniform with the it, they would look the Big you know, Ten. So it would be the Big Ten. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Right, because the Big so, Ten, like, the entire Big Ten conference is red. It got me white. thinking about how awful. How so, awful like some of these, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are like the are. Liberty Flames. Yeah, yeah, just a whole yeah. lot of shit and stars and. <laughs> well, I was thinking like which 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 uh, league would make like the worst football uniforms, and because I, I started thinking, I my first thought completely Norris? was like, oh yeah, what? If, well, I go. What if what if uh, baseball uniforms were college football uniform? Oh my fucking god, we did that once! Ah! I'm like, no, I'm not doing that one. We'll do the let's do the NHL. Uh, <laughs> so just a that's just a glimpse into what I was thinking about this morning. So what if um, Notre Dame played in a predom- What if Notre Dame played in um, uh, let's say the Air Canada Center and they play it, would they, would they wear some variation of the Toronto Maple Leaf sweater where it's got like the Notre Dame Jersey has the, like, I don't know. With the, the shamrock the string, put the shamrock the up like a, but it's blue. The shamrock oh, right the in the middle. Street. And then it's got like the string, um, you know, collar. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't I wait. I cannot wait, by the way, to see yes. what sort of abomination they roll out for the Soldier Field uniform. But it's not a Shamrock Series game, though. What? They, I'm no, under but, good authority the, from someone on this podcast that there was a um, Packers-themed uniform that they had ready to go for the, for the game field. in Wisconsin, which was the Shamrock Series game. The one in Chicago is a classified as a Wisconsin home game. It is not a Shamrock Series event. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That's you're saying not they're not going to wear a specialty uniform. That's not to say game? that they won't that they won't roll out a uniform. That's not to say they won't do that. I'm What's just saying they won't be. This year? They won't be Shamrock Series uniforms classified as such because it is not a Shamrock Series game. There is no Shamrock Series game this year. Yet. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> Jack's got time. I mean, we're past, we're past the point of no return. We're, pa- we're past March. <clears throat> Jack can still put a game on the moon. We're past March. Thank God. Um, God, what an awful month March is, always. Uh, real quick. Happy Endings versus New Girl. Jude? You know, I never watched Happy Endings, so I don't know. Oh, my. Yeah. I would have thought I would right up your alley. Did I miss out on something amazing? Oh, it's really good. But I I would say most people would – I think most people would say Happy Endings because they didn't get, like, the extra seasons New Girl did to fuck it up kind of. Um, but I would definitely go New Girl. Brendan, where were you go? Happy Endings or New Girl? Uh, I didn't watch either show. Oh my God! What what is happy ending? So I have nothing to base my the rest of my night thinking on. What, uh, I'm I'm gonna Google it real quick. What is happy that, ending? That's why uh, that's why our listeners can can jump in here. It's uh, so, it's, it's an ABC Brett, sitcom. So Brennan, you have you you have uh, every Nick Miller gif that I throw out there, which is quite a few. You, you're not you don't have any basis off of that gif. 
you know, I, I, understand I, don't know any, I don't know anything about New Girls, and I don't know anything about – oh, I do. I know that um, uh, Katy Perry's a New Girl, right? And um, right, isn't <laughs> Katy Perry a New Girl? I don't believe uh, Zoe Dashiell is that top-heavy. Oh, um, oh, uh, uh, you're right. It's uh, it's not um, it's not uh, Katy Perry. It, Are they uh, cousins? Because now that you see, and that's a that's a very accurate, like close lookalike. Yeah, there's a like famous. Cousins, not buy it. There's a there's a famous uh, meme, uh, Pokemon meme, where it shows like. Katy Perry, uh, what is it? Katy Perry, um, Zoe Dashiell, and um, I can't remember who the other one is. Like each evolved form. Um, <laughs> Emily Blunt, yeah, of like the three. Mm. Okay, I'm just I'm so, I'm extremely disappointed. I have no basis of my Nick Miller gifts now. I no, uh, don't understand. understand. I just want to circle back here. I'm reading an August 2017 report from Adam Rittenberg, ESPN. It says Notre Dame has designated both games as part of its annual Shamrock series. There you go. Boom. Good for him, but it's not. that's not true. No, I think it is Can't true. Can't wait to see the um, – because what's true. more iconic than the Chicago Bears jersey? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait a minute. Jude, you did the fucking contract story on this game. Yeah, but you know damn it, well the Chicago game say, is a home game for Wisconsin. No, I I understand, but I'm I'm what I'm saying is I I still think you can designate it as a Shamrock Series game. No, you can't. It, That's not I mean, how it works. The Shamrock Series is is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I, I don't well, think it's yeah, that time and time again, like when they backtracked. Yeah, the actual they, name. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't. They're not gonna. Hold on. You know we're gonna fucking. We're not stopping recording until we figure this one out. So no, I'm going to go. Look, on. I'm pretty sure I had a conversation with Tim O'Connor um, two years ago. I'm not doubting. The, I'm not in which doubting. He, the f- in which he said, "Like, look, yeah, it's it's we're calling it a Shamrock series, even though like the game's not at home." I, I feel like that was my recollection of the conversation. I hope I'm not mischaracterizing that, but he doesn't. I don't believe he listens to this anyway. So if it was, if they were classifying it, it would, on their und.com, they would say as such. And they are not. Okay. I guess we'll find out when we see a logo or something, right? When we oh, see we'll their, find out. They're dope uniforms because their uniforms are going to be awesome. Josh is right. <laughs> hashtag Josh is right. Hashtag Josh is right. Hashtag Josh is right. I have no doubt whatsoever, really, that they're going to roll out some uniforms for this. None. But as this part of the Shamrock thing series, no. Okay. Fair enough. You're, I don't you're think right. that they're going to come. You don't think with a year off of selling any sort of specialty uniform, they didn't even roll out a green uniform last year. No, no. You don't I think, think I think Josh is right. They're going to pull out some uniform, but I also I think Josh is also right in that und.com or gameday.nd.edu isn't calling it a Shamrock Series game at least yet. Yet. So. No. That, yeah, yet. you're probably right there. Yeah. So I'm right right now. Right about Which now. Is, the fun I mean, because I have, because I also Check believe it out. That it they, out could, now. they could change the way they're calling it at the drop of a dime, no problem. But I also believe Notre Dame is going to wear a whatever uniform for their uh, last home game against Georgia Tech. They didn't do it last year, but 
They've been they've been loving yeah, to do where, that shit. Where, where are the Leahy Heritage uniforms? Come on, man. Well, I'm that still, should I'm be still, November sixth. Navy. For that. No, I, Leahy I Heritage uniform wouldn't be. It would it's just be BCD. green for the whole season. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Listen to me, Under Armour. Under Armour representative out there that I know is listening to this intern, whatever. You need to fucking hire me. It. I don't know. <laughs> like, a hundred and ten thousand a year sounds about right. He's full benefits. I have better ideas than you. I can't draw and I can't sew, but my ideas are better. And I can take care of this account for you pretty easily. I could get, I can make sure that your apparel sales go up 15, 20% more pinstripes. So all I'm asking is 110 a year, full benefits, medical uh, I'm not, I don't think they're working on, they're probably not working on a pension. They're probably a fucking 401k or something. Uh, I'll take that. Um, I only want to work 20 hours a week cause I think that's all that's needed uh, to take care of this. Um, I'm going to need a place, uh, in the summer in Maryland. Uh, yeah, that's under armor. So that's, yeah, that's all I need. That's all I need. Do you want it to and be down need- by the bay, Josh, where the, where the watermelons grow? Because they could, if, they, I, if you wanted to, they could put it back to your home. But frankly, if man, there I is any good, if there is any good crab mm-hmm. left in that mm-hmm. bay after the pollution, mm-hmm. uh, I want that. Oh, they got blue crab Just, for days. You know, Rafi once responded to me on uh, uh, Twitter. What is Rafi still alive? Rafi is still alive. <laughs> what the hell? The I had no idea. Yeah. No, he's not. Yes. He is. is it really? He was like 75 when I was a kid in the 80s. <laughs> well, where's the new albums? Like that, that, that shouldn't stop, right? Well, here's Rafi the problem: is, is that he is got milkshake ducked. How, how long did Mr. Duck. Rogers work? Um, what what do you define as work? Do you talk about his his work when he was? A I mean, how long has Maria States? been on Sesame Street? Are you talking about Mr. Rogers' work as a United States Marine when he was snapping necks in the war? Oh, stop. Or are you talking about his work in Pittsburgh when he was just Listen, um, putting his Mr. shoes Rogers on? Mr. Rogers might be one of, the fi- he is one of the finest human beings to ever walk uh, this land. So there will be no Amazing dude. Amazing dude. One, four, three, four. I, I, I didn't even watch. I, I have still yet to watch the, uh, uh, the movie with Tom Hanks. Oh no! You you want a great experience? Listen to the Fred Rogers autobiography, read by Levar Burton. Oh man, you can't get better than that matchup. Yeah, Jordy LaForge. Jordy Jordy LaForge. Yes. <laughs> was he was he wearing the glasses? Was he wearing was he wearing? You know, them? Or was it, it was like an audio book in the movies it when Levar Burton book? was like, "Listen, I don't want to wear these goggles anymore. Make me make me alien eyeballs." Those alien eyeballs. I mean, you would think like with the tech they have, they wouldn't uh, have made him wear a dumb thing. Or those, or those shades, yeah. You'd think something else would have. I mean, you you make food out of, out of thin air. Yeah. Give me this theater. You made Whoopi Goldberg interesting. I mean, you could do anything. <laughs> you made you made Q. Oh my God. You made they the did best make episodes Q. were the Q episodes. They were the best episodes, uh, or the holodeck episodes. But I digress. Oh, those 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 were good. Uh, number two, man, what a pimp. Hey, 
one last thing before we go, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Nick T who, uh, who uh, jumped in my DMS this last week to tell me that he thought that the vanilla fact on, t- on last week's episode blew his mind. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Brendan for that. And I, he also said, he said, love the podcast, work on a golf course, 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. six days a week. Love the three hour episodes. They get me through work. Uh-oh. So, That's so nice we, to hear. when you're wondering who we do it for, we're doing it for Nick T of, uh, I think Chicago, Illinois. So, so I'm going to need all of you guys to, uh, write an email and save it. And so th- when I get like run over the coals for not splitting these podcasts up into like four or five episodes, I can say I have 20 people here that will <laughs> fucking die for these three hour podcasts. Leave me alone. I thought I thought the right. review from Greg's dad last week was pretty hilarious. Did you guys? We didn't share that with the crowd, right? Greg got a text. Greg got a text from his dad, and he's like, "Hey, caught you in the one foot down podcast." I'm paraphrasing, obviously not exact quotes. Hey, caught you in the one foot down podcast. Great job, but three hour podcast. It's a little much. <laughs> yeah, he's giving like the the sweaty sweaty head emoji. I mean, like, my this, God, what are we, we are, doing here? We are only at two hours and 22 minutes right now. Well, also, Greg that? didn't jump in until after the first hour. So, I mean, his dad could which, have just hey, skipped that first hour. Which was just reviews. I mean, Brendan and I might have, like, went off on a couple of different tangents <laughs> throughout those Never. reviews. How dare you? What? <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It was solid. It was solid. I, I just, I can't. I laugh thinking about when we first uh, took over for for Wes and Martin. Jude, remember when we were talking about all right, hour, hour. Let's get let's just get this to an hour. I remember a, an email where somebody said that the ideal length is like forty seven minutes or less or something like that. We we're like, let's see if we can try to hit that. <laughs> it is the average length of a commute. Yeah. And so my argument is, what do you I do mean, on the return trip? Yeah. That's my problem. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and I so an and hour I think, and a half. Well, I think we asked our staff at one point, like, "What do you guys think?" And Philip was like, "Hey, you get me through your my commute, and like, if I don't listen to the the rest of it, it's like no big deal or whatever." And I was just like, I, "I can live with that. Like, if if it gets you through an hour forty five and you didn't listen to the last forty five, like, I feel like that's people who like listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast, right? Like, maybe you don't do all four hours every day, but you like, you know, you do a couple hours and it gets you through. That's the what I do with the Pat McAfee show. I catch right. as much as I can, and then I just delete it. It, right. it also makes it harder. Point. It also makes it harder for people to come back at us for some dumbass shit. We said, uh, because they, <laughs> because don't, they can't remember where it's at. Can't, we don't want to filter through another three hours of it. So we kind of, it's like insurance. This is basically insurance. It's sort of like we say enough. <laughs> is, this, dumb is, this shit. You say, is this you saying I won't go back and listen to all your shitty ass drew pine takes once he uh, explodes this season. Oh, I will. Dude, I got timestamp. I was gonna say I am. I am that. Oh, bad. you timestamp. Look, I I don't. I never. I didn't understand that comment to you about back. I didn't backtrack. He, Drew Pine is not going to be the starting quarterback. That is a fact. And if he is a, if he is our second string quarterback, what I had said was we're in trouble. I still believe that, but he has impressed me some. He's looking this pretty good. I don't know if we're going to be in trouble. I Joshua, yeah, did it. Did, did he? Uh, Brendan, let me ask you this. Did it hurt your back when you moved those goalposts? 
Which uh, <laughs> which extra five inches uh, make you the most confident? Because he's not getting any uh, taller. He is not and getting any taller. He's not he's getting not any taller. And he's not as mobile as Ian Book. That's my whole point right there. And yes. we still have a brand new offensive line. All I know there's, is he can find no he can find Larry Keys in the he can find Larry Keys in the flat, and Larry Keys can make some things happen. I do like that. Here's the great thing about here's the great thing about sports is you can say one thing, and then people get better <laughs> or they get worse, and your opinions can change some. Mine haven't sure. changed all that much. Jack Cohn is going to be the starting quarterback. There's no that's just that's a fact. I don't give a shit. If Kelly says to you know Saturday that Drew Pine's number one on the depth chart, that don't mean shit. Jack Cohn is going to be the starter. It's, well, it probably I'm means not that play. Jack Cohn broke his clavicle on Friday and we didn't know yes. about it yeah, until he announced there it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to play. His bum. Line. I'm not going to play the quarterback battle. That's not. Ex- that's not existent. Uh, but I do like. I do like the what Drew Pine has done. I am impressed with it. I'd like to see more from Buckner, but I also feel. I mean, if you watch the clips, you know, what Buckner, what more could Buckner do if he was with the twos and the ones like Cone and Pirate, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's some, there's some breakdowns in the pocket when he gets to the third, third string offensive line, you know, when you're replacing your first string offensive line, when you get down to the third team, you're might be in a little bit of trouble, but I've liked what I've seen. Other freshman quarterbacks at Notre Dame in the last decade have been at the last two decades, the last three decades, the last four decades, the last five decades. Right? I mean, it's the greatest. Who's the greatest freshman quarterback in Notre Dame history? Is it Tommy Reese? Tommy Reese? <laughs> I mean, he was better it, than Brady Quinn was. I don't think which, that's a. I mean, Hot take. Which I mean, what what metric are we going off of? I mean, are we going off of what, off of wins? Because it's definitely Tommy Reese if it's wins, right? I think it's kind of all the guy the going out there. It's Tommy Reese. If I mean, Wilbur Quinn's game. Freshman, I mean, he put up some gaudy stats against a few teams, didn't he? Jimmy. Yeah. Or who? Um, Quinn. Brady. Quinn is a freshman. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Did he complete 50% of his passes as a freshman? I don't no, think so. He did not. <laughs> so, I, uh, I mean, I would say, I would say Tommy Reese is the answer. But, you know, whatever. So, no, I haven't, I haven't moved the goalposts at all. I just, I, I'm not confident in our quarterback room. And, like I was saying on the last episode, if there was any kind of backtracking, it was the Brendan Clark factor in the, in the sense that Brendan Clark was my guy from the middle of last year where I said, this was going to be your starting quarterback next year. This is pre Jack Cohen transfer in, obviously. Sure. That's how strongly I felt about Clark. Now he's in a bad spot because if he's not going to be able to start throwing and moving around until, you know, June and July, even when August comes around, he's kind of in a bad spot. But Buckner, what I was saying, him knocking the rust off from what, according to Kelly, by practice four, that's a great sign because Drew Pine didn't have a spring last year and he barely had a fall and he really didn't do much. He didn't do much in the season. He handed the ball off against Alabama. Don't tell me he got in against Alabama. That makes a difference. 
Jude could have went in there and handed the ball off. He would have fumbled <laughs> it. Jude, Jude could you have done it? Oh, God, I would have been crapping my pants so t- hard. Have you, have, you, have you ever took a snap? No, you, you know, know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the back of your hand up against someone's day. balls. I, I'm not sure that I've ever been tackled. Certainly not with wearing pads. I'm wondering if I ever played in a tackle football game where I got tackled. I definitely never had a guy hit me with pads on. Well, I had pads on. That definitely did not happen. So I would say a, a very easy skill is to put the back of your hand up against uh, the center's balls uh, <laughs> and take a, take a snap. Yeah. It, it's not a whole skill. It hits your hand pretty hard. You just come do another one. I played quarterback my senior year as like a safety option uh, if we needed to run the option because the other quarterback went down. Uh, and then you just you kind of turn and hand the ball off to the running back. It's, you know, open open up your leg. Extend your arm, he takes it, and you're a god. Uh, so it's not that hard. So the, there's not a whole lot of experience there. So the, Pine doesn't really have a whole lot more up on Buckner in terms of actual work on the field. I mean, he's got he had that season. He, we don't have no idea what Notre Dame was doing uh, in practice. Like fucking absolutely none. Uh, so maybe he got more snaps. Maybe book was getting breathers. So he got more, who knows, but Clark was in that mix up until what the fifth week is when he, when we finally seen him kind of got to shut him down. So anyways, I don't know. I just, I think Buckner's a talent. He can come up and he's supposed to be the guy he's that, if that's supposed to be the guy and if you can't develop him to be the guy behind the guy, above true pine who does have some physical limitations. I just think that's a, that's an issue, but that's not to diss drew pine who throws a damn good ball. That's like, if it's the, especially the Larry keys diss any, um, offensive lineman in the 2018, 19 or 20 class. Um, if two, 18-year-old freshman beat them out uh, for starting jobs in the fall, right? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I will well, say I was harsh because I was defending a position. I was harsh in stating that he would try tra- would transfer to Holy Cross. I do retract that completely because that was a that was that was just heated dick saying. <laughs> so I don't. Want that I'm just, I mean, you just want him at Eastern stuff. now. Oh God! I would I'd take Drew Pine out of goddamn heartbeat. If if Drew Pine can, if I could see him throw a punch, that would seal the deal. <laughs> I'm gonna need to see him throw a punch first. Ipsy's rough, man. And so are the refs in uh, bowl games. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around for a half hour of uh, one more thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we even talking about so, drafts. What's that? We didn't even talk NFL draft. What's the NFL oh, draft? And I said we'd talk about it. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Next well, time. Well, we you know what? You know what? We can talk about it next time. Next we'll time. know things next time. Does Liam Eikenberg go first round? Does someone? Yes. Does someone I I was told to normalize uh, the idea of Liam Eikenberg going in the first round, so I'm trying to normalize it by saying yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my but answer. But the yeah. answer is no. <laughs>
Where does where does Jock go to? Ah, oh, Cleveland. Carolina. <laughs> Man, dude, you're gonna you're gonna do them like that in Carolina, huh? Okay. They want a new, you know they. So who wants who wants to say Tommy Tremble's going second round instead of third round? Anybody? No, absolutely not. Realistically, though, Jock's going to end up as a Patriot or something that I'll hate if they don't move up and take. The Actually, correct me if I'm wrong. I got a buddy who went to her name who's also a huge Steelers fan. So he's been actually saying that he thinks the Steelers are going to draft at least one Notre Dame guy. This this uh, because the, because of they the, need a left tackle. So well, I was going to say the Steelers needs to line up with what Notre Dame is offering in terms they, of personnel. The Steelers were the first NFL the SB nation site to reach out to me for a, a podcast appearance. Okay. Uh, they were the second to last one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you how well those have gone. Uh, but they were very, very interested in all of Notre Dame's players. Like they like genuinely like going through the guys. Um, not to say that there's like singling out like Notre Dame as a team, but like Tommy Tremble was a guy that they're, they're really, yeah. really interested in because of Matt Canada. Um, Aaron Banks was another was another one they were really really high on. Uh, and, and Wu obviously was another one. So like those three guys in particular, um, I'm not sure. If, you know, of, of they all need, the they would time, they would need uh, Liam Eikenberg because Alejandro Villanueva as long as the twos if they're even going to bring him back. Um, yes, the Steelers could use. <laughs> the Steelers could use Ian Book as a late round pick as taking a flyer. On a guy just because their quarterback. They took a flyer on Josh Dobbs and look how that turned out. So might as well take uh, him both. They may yeah. as well. Josh Dobbs have alopecia. It looked like he had alopecia. I'll go. Out, I'll go out on a limb and say the Chiefs take Eichenberg in round one. I uh, I don't think that that's terrible because they they could use. Wait, the, I mean, uh, we've seen we've seen Stranger. I guess. I mean, I. It's strange to me to imagine. It's strange to me to imagine that Liam Eikenberg, All American, All ACC, best AC, best ACC blocker, but somehow like, the kid for VTs ranks much. This guy has done everything. He's been your starting left tackle at Notre Dame. One time he had his eyeball knocked out of his head, and he couldn't see <laughs> out of his left. His eye. left eyeball. As left tackle, his left eyeball. He could not and see he still the- managed to keep a clean pocket in Notre Dame rush for 300 yards in the game against Florida State. If he I, has not if I may do Brendan. Two fucking years. Two uh, years. Oh, man. I was just going to say. If I, I, I was trying to do Brendan's bit there, which is what's your favorite Liam Eikenberg sack that he's given up in the last two seasons. But. He, he did that last podcast. <laughs> oh, my bad. I must yeah, not have listened to two hours and 48 minutes. I must have, I must have stopped 10 minutes short. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. There's nothing about the analysis of Liam Eikenberg that I understand. Do you think Javon McKinnon, do you, so as far as like guys who you don't like call your shot now, is there a Notre Dame player that's not on the radar that you think could get drafted? Is Javon McKinley somebody who you think could get, end up getting drafted? Um, where's Troy pride go? The fastest player to ever wear a Notre Dame uniform. You mean Nick McLeod? Or yeah, Nick McLeod. Yeah. I was going to say Troy would probably go back to Carolina, but yeah. No. I, I think, but yeah, I think where does Nick McLeod go? The fastest player to ever wear a Notre Dame uniform. I think he goes, you know, late rounds. I don't know where, but I mean, I, I think he'll, I think he'll catch on, or I think someone will end up calling his name. 
Uh, I don't think uh, yeah, I don't think McKinley gets drafted. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Skoranek. Yeah, does Abe? You know, his I've been I've seen where his stock has gone down and up at the same time. I don't understand <laughs> that either. Like seriously, like the like I read one article, it's like like hey, he could go third, fourth round. Then I read another article, this is a guy that probably that might go undrafted. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome back to the NFL draft. Um, yeah, I I it's a Dalen and Ade, that's a, I think those those are guys that could get I, I'm gonna say like you're talking like fifth, sixth round for both. I think there's I think there's questions on both. I think Ade not as much as Dalen. Dalen's just it's health. He's had such a long history going back to high school with health. And almost like a I don't wanna say a guy without a position, but he's not a natural fit in a lot of spots on, on the defensive NFL. Not to say that he couldn't produce, but he's just not a natural fit on the edge. And like the Pittsburgh guys are talking up and down about him as a linebacker. And I'm like, yeah, he, he you know, he's played standing up, you know, and he's been out in coverage and all that. I just, I, I don't see that as being his best, the, the best use of Dale and A's. Uh, but I don't know. Brennan, what about who, the two who do you linemen? Oh, go ahead. Brandon, who do you want as a, as a Steelers fan? Like, regardless of whether they play for the, for Notre Dame or not, who do you, well, I don't you... want Wu, Um, cause I don't want a first round pick on another linebacker and I want a running back mm-hmm. or I, which of the top I, five that Notre Dame shut down. Do you want? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, there's a, I mean, there's Travis, Travis ETN or, uh, if he's still, if he's there, I wouldn't mind that. Cause I think he played well for the system. I uh, I wouldn't mind if they could get Liam Eikenberg in the second. I would love that. I also wouldn't mind. Um, I guess the other question I had was, where do you see somebody like a Tommy Kramer or a Robert Hainsey? And I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would absolutely adore them getting a late round flyer, like a fourth round pick on a um, Robert Hainsey, because I could think that he would be a guy that at least early on could play anywhere on that line and, and, and a hometown guy. And a hometown guy. So if they could get Robert Hainsey, that would be fantastic. Um, I honestly think I do expect to have Ian Book probably ending up at Pittsburgh. Well, I, I think, think that that's something Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh's going to need help at center, right? Yep, they're going to need help. At, they they need help at center um, because Hainsey, uh, did, Hainsey put in some work at center at the Senior Bowl. He put in some some work at. Yep, he can play center because yeah, um, he's, he's going to play in the interior. Um, yeah, they have David DeCastro on the inside. Um, there's, there's, they have concerns on their line. Um, so I think that I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind taking, um, a flyer on Hainsey. And if they could get Eichenberg in the second, I don't think he's going to be there, but I'd like that too. I'm hoping the Giants go with Jalen Waddle, um, especially if he's recovered from the ankle deal. Obviously, they need yeah. offensive linemen too. So, um, I think they're looking at maybe the big guy from uh, Northwestern. But yeah, what about the pack? Have you paid any I, attention, Josh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But 
Monday. Nothing to help Aaron Rodgers at all in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Could you pick another, Maybe another quarterback? Like, look, I've been I've said for years, and and I've I lump Green Bay and and Pittsburgh and New England into the same mix as far as the draft goes. I don't. It really doesn't matter. They're gonna keep. They're gonna they're gonna get their guys. You're gonna scratch your head, and some of those guys are gonna work out. Some of them aren't, and they're still gonna keep winning games. And that's because they've had seasoned quarterbacks for so long. Patriots are now off that part, but they still draft the same. So I don't get too up in arms about what their draft looks like. I do. I would like to see uh, Aaron Rodgers get some help, but he's got some pretty good players right now. So I just don't, I don't think that they're like, they feel like they're desperate for, you know, they're probably need a tight end, you know, they could use a tight end. Um, I, I don't know why I just keep imagining Bennett Skronik in a green Bay uniform. And it just looks right. I don't know. Maybe that's a Jordy Nelson thing. I don't know. Uh, but I, I could, I could see that happening. Honest to God. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know whoever they get. I'm fine. I, I generally just say I'm fine with, uh, I don't know if I've bitched too hard about some picks the year they Last were like year's draft. Last year's well, draft they were, when they decided to draft Jordan Love. Remember when they drafted Jordan Love? Remember that? <laughs> Remember when they drafted Jordan Love? <laughs> it's like you're trying to. I, I. Why did they kick the field goal? Why did they kick the? Aaron Rodgers didn't know on Jeopardy. He like he would he wants an answer too. I would like an answer. Yeah. Jesus, I Christ. think we all deserve an answer. I. You know what? Get a hold of former Notre Dame quarterbacks coach Matt Lafleur. Ask that. <laughs> What's he doing now? Uh, does Notre Dame sell him? No. No. You don't think don't they sell think so. him at all? I mean, they use everything else. I mean, you, right? Like you use everything to sell your program. You yeah, don't think they don't blood sell? Many stone. You don't think they don't sell Matt Lafleur? To other coaches when they're recruiting coaches? I don't know. Like, I mean, or even because I could see that more so than than prospects who are never going to get to play for him. I mean, I I think everything's game, right? Like we've talked. You about think this. you think they're sitting there thinking if they gotta, you know, they gotta find out if the juice is worth the squeeze with him. Here's what I think. I think everything is fair game in recruiting, and everything is used. How what the what level that matters or is or is used is up for. Well, different. Let me put it to you this but way. I, but I think you throw like the if, kitchen sink at these kids, right? Like if you, Matt Lafleur everything was, out. If Matt Lafleur was used to land a recruit, that I, means that I wouldn't you, use you, that phrase. I wouldn't use that okay. phrase to land a recruit. I would just say that it gets is it in a fucking brochure that they hand a recruit. You know what I'm saying? The but what I'm guy. saying, what I'm saying is, if you think that Matt Lafleur can make a difference in a guy's recruitment then I would think that you should be prepared that's, to follow that all the way down the line and have Matt LaFleur come on and say, that's not what hey, I'm I saying. think you should go to Notre Dame. That's not what I'm saying. Because I, I don't I don't look at recruiting like bullet points as like what makes a difference in a guy's – like it all matters like just in its mass hole is what I'm saying. Not asshole, but mass hole. <laughs> like, oh, Massachusetts? Are we yeah, talking about not, Massachusetts again? You're not using one thing. You're not you're – not, taking three things and highlighting the fuck out of them. You're showing them here's 500 things. Boom. You know what I mean? That, that, that's how I, that's how I think they, a lot of recruiting gets done. Like here's, here's these bro, Here's all this 
this literature and brochures and shit like that we have for you as a recruit. And somewhere in there is going to be a bullet point of Matt LaFleur, current head coach of the Green Bay Packers. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're using that to like go after Steve Angeli or anything like that. You know what I mean? I just say everything's game. Once you can use something, it's you, it's getting used. And that's something that they could use. That's a current NFL head coach that used to be there. I, I'm not sure if Urban Meyer is on the bullet point somewhere. <laughs> I doubt it. At least when he was coaching. Is, is Barry Alvarez on the bullet points? <laughs> use Urban Meyer to recruit kids to Notre Dame. I love it. I, I, you know what? I, I made my pitch to, uh, to Under Armour. I'm going to make my pitch to Notre Dame. Hey, hire me. I'll take just a, a hundred ten thousand. House and Granger. <laughs> you love the, the uh, where, what's that 10 getting you? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, I, I I'm not going to go too. I don't know. 110 just seems right. The 10 to get enough. that chip installed just, in Dylan. So you know where he is. I just, I just, oh God, he needs it. Uh, <laughs> jump it off cliffs. I just, Jeez. just get him in the vaccine. Cause that has Bill Gates. Oh yeah. Can follow that's up. what I heard. Oh, Bill that's Gates right. Chip right in it. Oh man. Then I, you know what I'm gonna have to do then after I do that? Two birds, one stone. I'm gonna have to go find eight chan and <laughs> go talk about it. Did you say eight chan? Oh, eight chan, four chan, my man. I, I think if we say it one more time, they, we actually invoke them. So maybe we well, should. Well, that's why I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. Yeah. What? Whatever the fuck it is. All the Next thing you know, there's gonna be a neck beard behind me with a, a katana. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch? Did you either? You guys watch? Or you don't have HBO, Jude. So you you guys see the HBO Q thing? No. Oh my god, it's so good. Is it worth tracking it's down? So it's actually so terrible. It's good because it's. I was expecting something else, and then I get that, and it's exactly, it's exactly perfect for the story. Like I was expecting something else out of this whole search for Q thing. And I, what I got was what the fuck is that? And it's perfect to explain the whole thing. Like there's a poetry in it. Like the Q is this fucking piece of shit that was a moderator on 4chan. That's it. That's it. End of story. Long story short. It's like a six episode thing, uh, and it's it's good. It shows you this weird fucking lifestyle, of these fucking just terrible people. Shamans. Uh, and Josh, the no, shamans. But, no, but he he is in that documentary at the uh, uh, at some meeting in Arizona. It's it's good, and it just it it makes you laugh thinking that there's still people. I mean, it. I don't know. Maybe cry is a better thing. That some people are like still so tuned into that, like that's that's the truth. And then you're looking at this piece of shit, who it really is. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm not sure if he's the biggest piece of shit or the greatest prankster there ever was. Anyways, God, right middle. We gotta go. Like a Big Twelve jersey in mid-October. It's very gray. <laughs> we got to go. Thanks for listening. Get your asses over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating. Leave a review. As always, go Irish. <laughs>